0: There's a
1: light light
0: Shining at the Frankenstein place There's
1: There's a a light
0: light
2: Burning in the fireplace There's a light, light In the darkness Of everybody's life
3: Hey there! Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming at you from sunny Santa Cruz at the Recycled Garage. In the house tonight, to my left, we have Liza. Yo! have John. Yo! Emma. Yo! And there's me, Douglas. Yo! And we have Bagel, coming from Oregon. Yo! What, <laughs> <laughs> Sasha? What's on the menu tonight?
2: Well, we just got that one done. That was nice. You still had it in you. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. It's enough. been
3: like five years since I've intro. Close enough.
2: Uh, yeah. No. You. You. St- you All still right. got it. Got it. <laughs> My guys. Um. Hey, everyone. This is Liza. And, Hello, darling. Uh, I'm a little bit. Uh, You're a little stone today. Uh, no. <laughs> no. She was low energy. No. She was low energy. Oh, in- out, a- out of sorts.
0: Actually, you oh. know what? I don't like out of sorts, Liza. As I... much as you like to yell at Emma. I, I like the high energy life. I
2: had up. my booster shot yesterday, so I'm just a little yeah, groggy Yeah, it, it boosted you. I'm just a little groggy today. Uh, every now and then my brain shuts down and I drool a little, so just hang with me. Welcome um, to my world. Hey, <laughs> another great day in the garage yeah. today. Oh, it was fantastic, fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, and we had uh, some listeners show up. Uh, I believe it was Jason who showed up.
0: With his Argonauts.
2: <laughs> and very typical. Um, there's, there's two types of garage, the the garage. There's before Emma arrives and after Emma arrives. <laughs> and before Emma arrives, there's just a few of us and everyone's working on their bikes and getting shit done. And it's just nothing but business. And then people show up and they're like, well, where is everyone? Oh, this is all that is? Just a couple of people in a parking lot work, working on bikes. Yeah you could tell visibly disappointed. And then if you just wait till Emma arrives and then the, the crowd comes and then we had like 14, 15 oh, bikes, a, here, a lot of people with full parking lot, people getting stuff done, people helping other people will get stuff done. People banging on a engine with hammers and chisels.
0: I had nothing to do with <laughs> I that. I did. <laughs> I did.
2: I did. Um, but, yeah, it's always fun when we get people. Oh, and so uh, Jason and Heather came by and got some free gear for her.
0: Oh, that's right. I met them. Yeah. Right as I appeared, they had that lovely old German chest. And, and Jason, uh, that was Cujo. Cujo.
4: Yeah. He's going to Pakistan with me, right?
2: Yes, he is. Oh, yes. good. I'm oh, so sorry I missed
4: him. Yeah. That would have been fun to meet, but I was Yeah, late. he's stoked. Um, yeah, he seemed like a good egg.
2: Yeah, and then we had an interesting bike dropped off today, first thing in the morning. Hmm.
3: i get a phone call i get a phone call at 8 30 woke my ass up and it's and it's eric and he's like where do i go and who do i talk to i'm like it's 8 30 mate like i was trying i was trying to sleep until like 11 (laughs) o'clock on my day off anyway yeah go ahead
2: um yeah and uh he was waiting out in the parking lot when i came out i was gonna go get some breakfast what time was that like 10.30. 10.30,
3: okay.
2: We open at 11. I'm like, I'm going to go get some breakfast. Oh. Yep. So uh, he was there, and he had this interesting bike in the back, and he said, are you Emma? I said, no, uh, but she'll be here later this afternoon. He goes, well, uh, Douglas sent me to have my bike worked on, and Emma's the one to do it. I'm like, yep, she is. And uh, I said, but she's not going to be here till at least one, and he had his three-year-old daughter sitting quietly in her car Aww. seat in the back of no. the truck. She was very good. Uh, so I got all the information on it and said, yeah, I'll have her call you. Now, this is an interesting bike, and it comes with a story.
0: I'm, you know, I'm not sure about that. When I look at the bike and I hear the story, I'm not entirely convinced. So let's start with what is the bike? It is a 1970 BSA Thunderbolt 650. What? 650, okay.
2: And it is not exactly stock.
0: Sort of. Yeah. It's not as modified as you might think. It's had the back of the frame cut off, and it's got very low rear shocks on it. It's been minimalized. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, it's, and it's got Z-bars. Yeah, and it's got Z-bars.
2: It's been bobbered, choppered. Yeah, I'd say it's more of a... It's more of a blobber. And it has a <laughs> patina. And yes, it, has, it sure like, does. The, some dents in the yes. tank and some rust on the bars. Yes. And all the things to make it look just like a... Uh, patina bike. Yeah, exactly. Which it's a very... has, has a style look. It doesn't look like a junkyard bike. It looks like a patina bike. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's a, it's a legit bike. If you were to show up at a Cars and Coffee on it, they'd be like, oh, that is a nice bike. Um, I doubt whether you'd win the Pebble Beach Concord elegance on it, though.
2: So I asked him. So what's what's your plan with this? Because I mean, Emma does anything from museum restoration to diddle it and make it just go down the road. And he said, "Well, um, I just got it. Um, uh, he paid. Uh, I, uh, I won't say how much he paid, but a lot. He, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's." I think he paid for a story, right? Um, I'm but not those sh- bikes, those bikes do go for some bit of money. They do, but in better shape. So,
0: but I'm not sure about that story yeah, before. We'll, we'll get yeah, to it. Yeah. We'll
2: get to it. So, he he bought this bike, and his plan. What he wants is he wants it to be rideable and safe. And I told him about my my tears, You know, um, running, rideable, safe, sellable, right. Sellable, you're just doing the cosmetics, making it prettier. Um, but he said he wanted to go for uh, ride- rideable and safe. So right now it doesn't have uh, any turn signals. Um, it has a side mount brake light. It's got... Um, yeah. No headlight. No, I think no it does have headlight, doesn't it? it uh, no. It, it oh, is yeah. It has no a headlight. Ins- no It has a headlight. No, has a headlight, no, instruments. headlight no instruments, right. Yeah. Um, he, so he wants this to be a bike he can ride around. But... He also um says he needs to be able to liquidate it quickly if he needs money. so he needs to be able to sell it honestly to somebody knowing that it's right a safe bike now, when he first saw it, the guy rode it and then he bought it brought it home and it has not run since
3: and how long ago was that?
2: that I'm not sure of
3: is the gas I smelled the gas today the gas is in the process of turning
2: okay so, it's been so a while. maybe sitting. so The story he said about this bike is that he was told this was a wall of death bike. Right. Mm. Now, Emma. Yes. Wall of death bikes. And I've seen many different ones. And they're usually a very old, like Indian or Harley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Something smaller. Yes. Um, They have a... Usually the clutch shifter setup is different. Yes. So... Does this bike have any of the signs?
0: None. Okay.
2: What things might you see on a wall of death bike? Well, generally
0: wall of death bikes tend to have no front brake um, because yeah. that's something you don't need.
2: And this has a giant hub brake. I would think right? Yeah, this would have had a, a spoked wheel with a small Right, hurry. So it's
0: got the twin leading shoe front brake on it. Yeah. Um, Wall-of-death bikes also tend to have wider handlebars on them so you can lever them around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this has got narrow little Z-bars on it. Um, wall-of-death bikes tend to have different suspension, if any suspension. You know, a lot of wall-of-death bikes are hard ti- are rigid yeah, because yeah. Mm-hmm. as you're being pressed against the the, yeah, the wall, wall through centrifugal force... Yes, because it is Wall of Death, you see. <laughs> <Yeah. say. laughs> um, you know, it's a nice bike. And I want to make absolutely clear, it's a nice bike. And But I think somebody kind of embellished its history you know, it, a little. It
2: might have been a Wall of Death bike at one point. Yeah, and then well, somebody bought it and started putting parts back on. You're never going to know for sure. Or maybe this is a Wall of Death. This might be a Wall of Death engine. You know motive. yeah
0: exactly and I mean a lot can happen in fifty two years
2: yeah so yes but if you don't have pictures right. of that bike no Providence and yeah. the history and right. what writer what wall because there's only so many walls in the world really right um it's just a story so
0: as you know I deal a lot with museum bikes yeah and museum bikes tend to be their 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 own thing because they don't always run i mean just because it's sitting there in the museum and it looks like a million bucks it doesn't necessarily mean it's a running bike but it has a history and the history is what gives it value and if you have a bike with a very very provable provenance history (coughs) it's almost your obligation not to ride the bike because it becomes so valuable. The thought of being crushed by some drunk git in a Ford Taurus. <laughs> it's not worth the provenance of the bike because there are only original ones. Oh,
3: that's totally up to the owner, though.
0: And then that becomes up to the owner. And some people who own museums choose not to. Some prefer a running yeah. bike in their museum. And, they may not
3: give a shit about the history. and right. just want to ride the bike.
0: Exactly. But the point is... When it comes to history, show me the money. Show me yeah. the provenance. If you said that is a wall of death bike, as far as I'm concerned, it's all bunk. Unless you actually show me a picture of that bike mm-hmm. on the wall of death.
2: Story aside, the bike as it sits, what's it worth? Is that a three grand? It's bike? currently registered. Yes, it is currently registered. He did get. I it mean, registered. if if
0: we can cobble it into running. Yeah, three or four grand.
2: Okay, so story aside, it's a good story. So, I told him, "All right, you need to know what your budget is because um, Emma can do anything with this bike, but also oh, I you don't it. know what you're going to discover on a bike of this right age. So, you need to decide what your hard budget is, and she'll tell you what she can do for that." Um. And I, and I think it's okay to say, so he said, yeah, I think about two grand. Mm-hmm. So what will two grand get you at Motortown? Very Town? little.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, well, the, here's the thing. When a bike gets to a certain age, yeah. you assess not only the bike, the rider. So what we're dealing with Eric, Eric's a young father. So we need to think about the responsibility of providing him with a bike that's not going to wrap itself around a lamppost and leave his wife a widow and the children fatherless. So we need to get it right. Um, oh God, where do I start on that thing? It needs tyres and tubes. Mm-hmm. It needs both wheels rebuilding. It needs both brakes going through front and rear. It needs the forks rebuilding. It needs new shocks on the back. The shocks are like off a of 125.
2: What? The shocks are exposed. Did it have rubber boots that disintegrated? Yes, because it's got these yes midpoint shocks. What do you call that? Well, the springs. Yeah, they're on the exterior of the tubes of the fork not, tubes. Yes, not in the tubes. Yeah, they're and you don't normally notice exterior. that
0: because there's rubber boots that go yeah. over it. Um, it And needs, so, but
2: there's is there fluid in the forks? also? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, they're very like, conventional. That looks it's very just, bouncy.
0: <laughs> no, it's. But, of course, they're leaking everywhere, so it needs that doing. Mm-hmm. The wheel bearings are toast in the front. wheel bearings are toast in the rear. Um, the clutch.
3: Well,
4: you're, you're assuming the engine is okay. There's a lot of assumptions, <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah. So, And that's assuming the engine's okay. The electrics are a mess. It really needs a wiring harness. Mm. It certainly needs a battery. Um, God knows. Instrumentation. Of some description. Yeah. Um, so it... It's very, very difficult to evaluate. When I get a bike like that come in at the shop, I always say, "Okay, so you want it to run?" And I'll try and commit people to like four or five hundred bucks. And what four or five hundred bucks will get you is, I'll get you the tank cleaned out, maybe a couple of petcocks, either a new carburetor or the carb built, and enough of a cobbled together ignition system that we can get the bike running. And then if you start up the bike and it sounds good, now you've got something. But if you start up the bike and it sounds like, you know, two skeletons fucking each other in a
2: biscuit barrel, (laughs) then it's (laughs) time. It's time. Wait, wait, I've never heard that before. (laughs) Hold on, i got to absorb that. Okay, okay, I processed it. Yeah. Where's the penetration?
0: (laughs) But it's time. It's time that this... This project has become something else right now. Um, And that's what I kind of said to Eric. I said, look, commit yourself to a a couple of hundred bucks. Let's hear this thing. Let's see what we're dealing with. Because um, BSA Thunderbolts and Lightnings and Royal Stars, all that unit construction twin, they've got a nasty little secret. And they oiled the engine via the right-hand main bearing. And the right-hand main bearing is like a plain bearing. And it wears out. And the trouble is, when that main bearing wears out, you lose oil pressure throughout the engine. So it's quite a fragile engine. Mm. And you need to run it. You can hoof up and down all you want on the kickstart, say, oh, yeah, it's got great compression. And then you start it up. And it sounds like a cement mixer because the main bearings are toast. Now you're into a complete engine rebuild. And you can spend thousands.
2: Yeah, and I didn't know how easy... Parts are available. Oh, you can that. get it. The thing is... If it with, needs a set of cams,
0: can you get that? Oh, yeah, you can get you everything. Can, okay. It's only got one cam. Okay. But you can get everything. But, of course, it's not cheap and you total it up because you're dealing with a 52-year-old engine. And while you're in there, um, the last full engine rebuild I did was for a um, 650 Tiger. Mm-hmm. Which I think, it's it's a good analogy. Actually, it was a 750 Tiger. It was a very early 750. It was a 73, first year of the 750. And I did a complete engine rebuild. That was crank, rods, pistons, cams, valves, whole nine yards. It was basically a brand new engine. Went through the transmission, put a clutch in it, blah, blah, blah. $8,000. Wow.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, remember my CB750. I paid yeah. Wayne two grand. The cafe to rebuild that motor, which Was wasn't that even including done. including parts
0: yeah. or excluding parts? No, that,
2: uh, I think I brought a bunch of parts. So I there you go. Parts.
0: And it's the parts, because generally I charge a couple of grand to build yeah. an engine. But tell you what, the parts mount so up pretty
2: quick. That's my concern when he said two grand. I'm like, well, you get into that motor and there you have a certain responsibility too. You're not just going to you know, uh, adjust the valves and say, here you go down the road when he's got leaky, um, uh, uh, cylinders or right now, how, how deep do you go? Now yeah. you've, re- you've done the top end. Do you go into the bottom end? What's your responsibility right. as a mechanic?
0: My responsibility, if I'm into an engine, yeah. you've got to do it all. Because yeah. you don't do half an engine, especially on an engine like a unit construction BSA twin that is known to have bottom-end problems. you got to do it all. And there are modifications you can make. You can do an upgraded oil pump for that bike, which really helps. But what really, really helps the BSA is you actually do a modified right-hand engine case, and you replace that plane bearing with a needle roller bearing mm. and have an external oil feed into it, and it makes them 100,000-mile engines. But you've actually got to box up the right-hand engine case, ship it to England, have it machined, mm. get it shipped back by SRM Engineering. Fantastic people. I've known them for years. And then, then you build the engine you know and that's the way to do it you you do it properly or you don't do it at all So it sounds like what you're
4: saying is if the engine's okay three to four grand yeah if the engine's not good you're talking oh 12
2: i I was gonna say i'm guessing this guy's going to be in this bike for 10 grand for a bike that's worth six grand when it's done
0: and that's kind of it, because if you look yeah, because, on...
2: because of the story
0: aren't we all, <laughs> and because
3: <laughs> it's we cool. that's up to the buyer, because yeah. it's not sure. stock. It's not original. It's hey, being chopped no, hey, and hacked. No, and like, a, lot I,
2: of, a lot of people do that. Yeah, I like of that people style,
3: do. but someone else wants an original But
0: hang on. Stock bike. And this is something that I, I asked Eric to consider. If you look on Facebook Marketplace, if you look on Craigslist, if you even look on eBay, all the restored English bikes that are ten, twelve thousand dollars—very, very tough sell. Yeah, and the market is constantly changing because the ownership base is aging out. Right. We're going to get past the nostalgia factor, right? Yeah. Twenty years generation. ago, the fact of the matter is, with a couple of exceptions, and Ariel Square Fours and Vincent and Black Shadows are always the exception there. Always just blow me away about how much money these things are worth. But for the Bonnevilles, for the Thunderbolts, for the Lightnings.
2: Yeah, but Crocker's, Cash, Curtis, those are bikes that went through that and came through the other end worth
0: right. a lot of money. Right. They still did. But the British market, the fact of the matter is 20 years ago, all these bikes were far more valuable than they are now. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, and, and Douglas, when one, I said he's going to spend 10 grand on a bike that's worth six. That's what you do when you're at this point of rest. What's the word? uh, No, resurrecting, resurrecting a bike. You're going to put passion and money into it right now. Even
3: if you do it yourself,
2: 10, 20 years down the road. Now the skills are going to start flipping and that investment he made and getting all that work done, if he maintains it. You can make it back. But right now, that's where he's at. Yeah. Can I tell you I another guess.
0: story about a bike I've got on the ramp right now at Town? Because you know I do a lot of very, very high-end bikes. I have a Honda Express on the ramp right now. Nice.
2: <laughs> Does it have the basket? Yes.
0: <laughs> I have a 1981 Honda Express
2: on the ramp right now. And... It's, Wait, should that be in the scooter or motorcycle category? <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. Who wants it? <laughs>
0: However, let me tell you the story. The girl who commissioned the build, she's 37, mm-hmm. and her dad bought this bike for her when she was 16. And Dad is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. And she wants mm-hmm. it back running so she can ride it as a memory of dad. Want to know what the budget is? Ten grand. Four grand. I was going to say four. We didn't even talk. Mm, She doesn't care. Mm. She doesn't care. Because it's not about the money. It's about carrying a memory of her father in her heart when she rides that little Mm -hmm. bike. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, and where you left it is... um, he brought it by without making an appointment, so you rode up on your bike, and you have no way to take it home with you.
0: I <laughs> wouldn't take that home anyway until <laughs> until we have more of a game plan, because it's all really vague right yeah. now. It's like he thinks in his head, or he did think in his head, oh, I'll pay a couple of grand, I'll be riding it home, and it's not... That's not how this story's going to end. So he's got some tough decisions to make about it. Does he, well, wrench, does he
3: wrench himself? To, do we know? Or? No, he's too busy for that. By the by, I am relinquishing all responsibility <laughs> of this transaction. No, it's your though, fault. He's a friend of oh. yours. Even though I hooked you guys up, I'm done with this. Well, so. <laughs> if
2: you're talking about responsibility, too, it's being left here in my tent, not in the garage. So, of course, I have a concern about it, you know, someone going in there and seeing that. You know what I wish I had for it right now?
3: A lot. 10 grand.
2: (laughs) I wish (laughs) I had a Sizzap module.
1: (laughs) Sizzap! Faux
2: Sizzap! This week's episode is brought to you by Sizzap, which is a motorcycle tracker and rider's mate. You guys, they've been a great uh, sponsor of ours and I've I've really uh, appreciated them. And I like, again, I wish I had one because here's the thing about SysApp. You don't have to wire it into the bike other than hook it up to the battery. That's it. I could put it on whatever bike I want. Mm -hmm. So it's a monitoring device with no contract, right? So I don't have like a monthly fee or anything. Um, And it provides a lot of features. And the ones I like the most is real-time location so I could see on my on my phone where that bike is i could if i'm worried i can keep checking too. Mm-hmm. battery level control i'm not really worried about that trip history list i oh, don't know uh towing detection mm. Mm, is that yeah. also mm-hmm. stick it in a mm-hmm. van detection M- moving
3: but not running right. yeah so
2: yeah. uh hit and crash notification mm-hmm. uh route sharing with friends group riding, and events planning but more so the fact that I mean, we've had mini bikes stolen out of there. Yeah. I wish I had Thanks I'd, for making me revisit that. I wish I had Sisap on those. Yeah. I would have on known right 70s, away yeah. that somebody was yeah. moving it. And Man. uh the great thing about Sisap is they're offering a fifteen percent discount to all of our listeners. So if you go to sisap.com, that's S-I-Z-Z-A-P-P dot com. And use the promo code MM, from Motorcycles and Misfits, Booyah. 15, you get 15% off. Uh, it, the standard price is about $214, U.S. which is pretty good since you don't have any more hidden fees. That's it. SizzApp, uh, your reliable trip mate. It's brilliant, very easy to use. It takes 30 seconds to install on your bike. And I wish I had one. Yeah. To put on that BSA,
3: I I had two dirt bikes stolen out of my garage up at my house. Oh, I got very lucky to know. get them back, but having Sizzap would have would have made it happen that day.
0: I remember that well. And then Doug, I, I yep. bought I bought
3: a, uh, a a cheap uh like quote unquote GPS module that I put on my bikes, but the, the batteries die and this and that and the other, and it just didn't work out for me. So yeah, having Sizzap would have.
2: I you know what I missed I missed those those. Trail seventies, those mini bikes. They're so much yeah. fun. I yeah. wish we had more toys like that. Even the
3: planes for for chariot racing.
2: It, you know what would be <laughs> great for that? You know what I should probably buy a couple of? Huh? Have you seen these Super Seventy Three bikes? I have. I have two.
0: Yeah. They're yeah. great. They're awesome.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so no, I've been seeing them around town and hearing more and more about them. And you know, we've been following kind of e-bikes back when we sure. interviewed Bold Motors, now known as Monday Motorbikes, Right. which at the time I'm like, I don't know, it's kind of expensive. I'm not sure you're getting, but they're fun. I can kind of see. Maybe. I was wondering what the market was. And these guys at Super 73 came onto the market and just nailed it. So I reached out to them, said, I'd love to have you guys on the show and talk more about these bikes. And, and I want to know what the magic sauce is. So, guys, are you here?
5: Hey, we're here. Hey, oh, hey. hey.
3: technology. <laughs> yeah.
2: working? Hey, like magic. Hey, you want to introduce yourselves?
6: Yeah. So uh, so I'm LeGrand Cruz and one of the co-founders and the CEO of Super 73. Hey. Hey, guys,
5: my name is Aaron P. Wong, uh, one of the co-founders as well, and I'm chief brand officer at Sorry. Super 73.
0: So it's Graham and Eric LeGrand, LeGrand, LeGrand,
5: LeGrand, LeGrand, Le 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 yeah.
2: and Eric. Welcome, Erin. Erin, welcome, yes.
5: guys. Hey, yeah. a- a- <laughs> yes, exactly. Welcome.
2: Hey, thanks so much for coming on. Um, so we're a motorcycle podcast, and you, you may wonder, like, why? Why am I looking at e-bikes? But here is the thing: they're definitely been on my radar. Because they're fun. And I'm not talking about like the mommy bikes where you got the kids straddling in the back, you know, pulling a wagon. These bikes. What? Fun. (laughs) What? What the hell? Those e-bikes are huge right now. No, the mommy bikes? Yes. Why have I not seen these? Oh, they're all over Santa Cruz. Oh, God. But they don't make you want to do bad things. These Super 73 (laughs) bikes make you want to. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of my youth riding motocross bikes and tearing up and Mm. doing ramp to ramp jumps Mm. and stupid stuff
0: and dodging the dinosaurs
2: and and i think that these kind of bikes are that for the youth today but i want to ask you guys and again i want to thank you guys for coming on because this is something that's been really intriguing me i wanted to first start with um you know the the concept and and getting to market oh we got another one
7: Hi guys, Michael here.
0: Hey, hey, Michael.
2: Hello, hey, Michael. Michael.
7: I was having some trouble connecting,
0: but it's good to right. see you. Oh, technology, darling. It's always <laughs> problematic, isn't it?
2: And I wanted to find out about the the concept and and design and the process and getting it to market. How long did that take to do?
6: <laughs> oh man, where to start? <laughs> um, so. So the uh, the original bike took uh, a lot less time than uh, than it does currently. Um, I'll tell you that uh, we actually uh, we actually put that together uh, uh, pretty quickly. Um, and in fact, I think, uh, Aaron and, and Michael in particular, are probably better storytellers than I am. So, uh, I, I kind of let them kind of walk through that, that process, but, uh, but we put that first spike together in the concept, uh, you know, in, in matter of, you know, uh, weeks, uh, not, uh, not months or years. Um, and, and it was certainly a surprise uh, hit and success. Um, but, uh, but, Michael or Aaron, if you guys want to, uh, tell a bit of the backstory and how we, how that all came together.
5: Yeah, sure. I'll take seven at it. Uh, so uh, kind of like what you guys were saying, it was, it was uh, I'm not sure how much you guys know about the Super 73 history, but it was a little bit of an accident. So <laughs> Michael and I actually worked at a happy accident. Uh, Michael and I worked at a, another early stage startup uh, prior to Super 73, and that's how we got to know each other. Um, and uh, long story short, you know, we were pretty good at our jobs. We just we weren't having fun. Uh, we didn't really agree with the leadership. And so there's the day that came. Where Michael and I just looked at each other. and like, Hey, man, what are we really doing with our lives? Let's let's get back to doing something fun. Uh, so, Michael, like you know, his background is in viral media and content, and my mm-hmm. uh, my technical background is in product design. Uh, and so, uh, what we really you know are all three of us are just creators at heart. So we've always like building our own things, tinkering. We've always had our own businesses, uh, you know, outside of uh, outside of Super Seventy Three. And it was just something that we wanted to get back to. Um, so I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Taco Mini Bikes. In, yeah. You know, in, yeah. Uh, yep. So you can still buy the kits today. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that we happen to have one of these kits lying around. Um, and with Michael and and my uh, previous business, we actually had these electric drivetrain units. Um, we were trying to electrify a different, a different product at the time. We're a little bit too early, a little bit ahead of our time. Uh, but those drivetrain units were actually Legrand's company. And he was the largest supplier of e-bike conversion kits in the, uh, in the early 2010s. So that's kind of how all, all All the the pieces coming
2: together. I can see that.
0: So, um, if I can just jump in here and talk about a little bit of a timeline. Um, so when, when was the first Super 73 bike really rolled out? So, I mean, we're talking 10 years now, five years?
5: Yeah, it was 2016, uh, okay. coming on uh, April. Um, so yeah. six years, coming on six years. Okay. So the very first one, yeah, was uh, put together with a natural, traditional taco mini bike frame and one of these drivetrain units that LeGrand had put together. Uh, and, again, it was just <laughs> – Actually, the, the true story is uh, we were trying to do it to to make a few extra bucks, um, and we, yeah. our idea was that we we're going to make one new product a month, put it on you know a crowdfunding platform like Kickstarter, and just try to you know see what see what happens. And ironically, the very first product that we did was a Super Seventy Three, and so it was a matter of a couple of days uh, putting the whole thing together. Uh, you know, it, it was the way Legrand designed these drivetrain units; they're pretty simple to just kind of bolt on to an existing uh, bicycle uh i guess like frame but we didn't have an existing bicycle frame um so it worked really well with the taco bike and we kind of looked at it. it was god these are this looks really cool but something's missing and the wheels are pretty small they're you know the 10 inch wheels so we ran down i think it was to the walmart and we got like a kid's fat tire bike yes. so if you guys, nice. you guys see those like you know like the big uh, four inch by 20 uh, 20 by four inch uh, tires Chopped that all up kind of uh, cobbled it together um and at that point it was like wow this this looks this looks sick this looks dope And I think at that point, uh, you know, Michael's uh, story comes in where you know his creative vision just starts running. He's like, "I got this story to shoot. I got I got this video. I really want to tell the story. I want to tell this video. I want to shoot." And then in my head, I was, "Oh, we got to put something else around this." So I start drawing out the logos. I start building the brand. Um, And over the course of two weeks, we come up with this Kickstarter campaign again, just Mm -hmm. as a passion project. That's you know for fun. Um, And over the course of thirty days. We were trying to make like ten to fifteen of these units, and, and you know maybe like a twenty-five thousand uh, dollars kind of modest goal, and over six hundred orders come in.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. Wow. wow. And how many crew total uh, for assembly and admin <laughs> and and production?
6: <laughs> At that point, we were looking of five. Five, right? Yeah. yeah.
3: Only five of y'all. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I think it took us. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think it took us a year, a year and a half to finally deliver all six hundred of those. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. So. uh, so yeah, yeah, so se- se- yeah, selling them was the easy part. Um, actually, making them and delivering them—that was a—that uh, was a, a learning experience, uh, to say the least. And and those first. Uh, whatever it was, five six hundred bikes. Um, those were all. I mean, we 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 actually physically made them here in Orange County, California, in a small warehouse. Uh, you know, slaving away and you know bending tubes and welding and uh, the whole bit. So uh, there it was it was definitely a a work of passion and love uh, wow. to get those things out the door.
0: I've got a question for you, LeGrand. How did you come up with a la- with a name? It, what 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 is Super Seventy <laughs> Three?
6: so um wow there's there's there, that's there's a lot to that actually um Glad and, I and asked. the truth is and, and and the truth is is that we we kind of gave it uh, meaning um uh, maybe a little bit after the fact um but uh but actually the original product was super seventy three um you know we didn't realizing when we first built it we didn't think we we're going to build a company right so we, we called the product super 73 and, and of course ended up you know then becoming the company name um but uh, but you know we thought the bike was amazing it was you know super cool super awesome and we were like well super bike sounds kind of dumb and um and anyways as we started going through you know the the meaning of you know, for seventy three, you know that number in particular. Um, you know, we actually just had a product launch a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, as we were telling the story of the history of the company, we said that it starts in nineteen seventy three. And um, for those of you listening, um, that, that is not when I was born. I was born after that fact. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, but 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 nineteen seventy three was actually uh, the height of the uh, the previous global oil crisis uh, that we had, right. um, and um, and that was also um, kind of the height, or it was one of the, uh, I guess. Uh, one of the things that led to these small format, uh, you know, two wheeled vehicles uh, they were very efficient kind of taking off and becoming a really big thing. And like we had mentioned here in Southern California, in particular, there was this, you know, taco mini bike scene and it was, mm. uh, you know, you know, pretty crazy. Everybody was customizing bikes and, 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 you know, it, it really took off and had a life of its own. And so because we started with the original taco mini bike, and, uh, you know, because we had this alternative form of transportation um, that, uh, you know, that didn't need to use, you know, the fuel like your, your car would, um, you know, we thought, hey, 1973, you know, that, that sounds good. Um, by the way, we could get the website and uh, <laughs> and we can file a trademark. So let's uh, let, let's go. It's, so that's, it's also uh, that's a little bit a of
0: the history. number. So oh, yeah. it. great. Michael, we yeah. haven't we Even haven't better. heard from you yet. Dear. What's your role in the company?
7: Yeah. So uh, uh, I am one of the co-founders and uh, CMO currently. So I head up all the marketing and uh, and, and the fun content uh, with a focus on viral. So we, we really, uh, you heard how scrappy we were starting out. So everything had to be organic. And so we really leaned on that word viral for a long time. Uh, we worked with a lot of influencers in our space um, to create content that uh, had a far reach, but didn't have any money behind it. Uh, right. and so we got really creative and, uh, you know, one of our earlier projects, we, uh, we turned them into speeder bikes from star Wars, like nice. the oh, that is cool. return of the Jedi. And that really, honestly, that really <laughs> right. put us on the map. That one, that one kind of caught us off guard. Um, and it showed other creators in the space, like, Hey, this company is willing to work with us if we want to make something cool. And uh, it kind of just propelled us forward in the uh, in the online space, something that bike companies were not doing at all. Um, and it, it kind of set us apart as a creator's bike. So uh, you know, it, it kind of almost cemented that uh, that identity for us, which was
2: really cool. And, so and, and I was going to say, um, you know, following uh, Super Seventy Three, I know how important each of your roles has been in the success of this, because as we know, there have been other brands who make a perfectly good functioning bike um or that it may be cheap enough but it's all of the different departments it's a lot of it was to do i think the marketing and imagery it it was that was well done like you can have a good product but if nobody knows right Right. it's not going to be there and the styling it it kind of reminded me of the like 1970s huffy dirt um yeah it's got that kind and so I, I know how important all the different pieces that came together. And it, that's one of the things that's really fascinated me. So you put it uh, up for sale, suddenly you got 600 orders. You're now just doing everything. You can to, how fast did your company grow? How many people did you add? <laughs> uh,
6: we Oh my gosh. Well, we're, we're, uh, that, that's a work in progress. So that's yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> still happening to this day. So we've, you went from you know five uh, of us originally on day one uh, to uh, you know well, today. I mean, I think we're we're, we're just shy of two hundred somewhere around there. I, I don't. Oh, I, wow. I, 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 yeah, I don't even know. Uh, you know, it's different today than it was a week ago. <laughs> that's how that's how fast things are moving. Um, but you know that that, that all happened um, you know piece by piece. You know, I think we maybe had you know a dozen people after the first uh, you know six to eight months, and and then you know slowly started to grow. And really, the hardest piece for us, I think, initially you know we had this kind of initial success and you know people are all excited and we've sold five or six hundred of these bikes and now we got to figure out how to deliver them um, but really, it's that encore. It's like, what, what you know, you know, what comes after that? And 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 that was, I think, the big challenge to us is, um, you know, hey, what, you know, can we can we can we continue this uh, momentum? And um, and so, you know, fortunately, uh, we we did. Um, I think that we hit a formula, and um, you know, and we didn't stick to just that one you know single product. And as you guys all know now, um, you know, we we decided to you know expand uh, what we were doing, expand the range. Um, and, and we've continued to do that for six years. And, in fact, just recently, um, you know, announced uh, another expansion oh, to our we're, product we're, range. We're,
2: we're, we're going to get there.
0: I'm so you'll get
6: to it later, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: LeGrand, can we talk a little bit about the propulsion system? Um, I'm yeah. guessing you're sticking with that platform. Can you tell us how it works?
6: Yes. Yeah, so, <sighs> For those of you, you know, for those of you not sure not not sure how, uh, how electric propulsion works, it's yeah. a little bit of a black box for uh, uh, for the petrol heads, uh, I guess. Um, but you know, we use a you know, it's actually you know, deceptively simple. So um, there's a, a hub motor, so it's a it's a okay. wheel hub motor that is directly connected to the wheel. So um, so there's no. There's no gears, uh, you know, no transmission. Uh, you, know, you don't have to run the power through a, a chain or a belt. Um, it directly drives the wheel. So again, a lot of simplicity there. Um, and uh, and you know we have a, a battery uh, a, a power controller that takes the electrical power from the battery and turns that into usable power for the motor and turns the motor so there it, it, it's surprisingly simple um it is a bit of a black box in terms of you know you, you know you can't uh you know you, you can't open it up and you know check the valves or adjust right. anything um but um, but the simplicity is that you know there is no real maintenance um and it just works mm-hmm works just turn it on and it could be cold or hot and it doesn't really matter it just works and and that's the beauty of of it
0: the traditionally though hub motors when they get up to a certain power they get a little large and cumbersome so Mm -hmm. i've seen yours it's very compact Mm -hmm. this is a city bike this is not a freeway bike this is not What's the top speed of a super 73?
2: Like a, like a Z bike.
6: Yeah. So, so the, the bikes, the way they ship, the top speed is uh, 20 miles an hour, um, which is the, uh, the class two uh, uh, e-bike, you know, limitation. But, but, there is a an off road mode, uh, so if you are using it uh, off road um, and it's not for on road purposes, um, you know through an application through Super seventy three app, um, you can change the bike over into kind of this unlimited or off road mode, um, and and they'll do about thirty, to maybe thirty two miles an hour, depending on the rider weight, um, you know when you completely uh, uncork them. But uh, right. but for on road, it's twenty miles an hour.
2: And this is something I found fascinating because this is pushing the limits for motor vehicle slash bike slash e-bike slash moped right um we've seen these things whizzing past us in the bike lane they go fast but it doesn't require a license right is there an age limit for these yeah so um
6: you know these bikes that we make, um, our core product, um, they're uh, legally electric bicycles. Yeah. Um, if you're in the state of California, as well as I think there's 46 states now that have adopted uh, very similar legislation to what started here uh, in California five years ago. And so um, with, you know, the beauty of the legislation is that it created this uh, framework where you could have these Pedal assist um, and throttle uh, electric bicycles that legally can mm-hmm. can operate in the same ways as a bicycle, meaning that the bicycle lanes, bicycle paths, um, you know, anywhere a bicycle can go, they can go. Um, but you don't need uh, license, insurance, registration, and the helmet requirement is only for uh, class three. And the class mm-hmm. three is a pedal assist uh, bicycle or, or electric bicycle um, that can go up to twenty eight miles an hour and our products uh, can actually operate in that class three mode. And so you do need a helmet for that. And you have to be 16 years old uh, or older in that class three mode. So once you go above that 20 miles an hour, then yes, there, there is a reply. Okay.
3: Yeah. I, I live up in the mountains in Cruz and there's lots of places that mountain bike riders go to. And I would love to take my two stroke out there, <laughs> but I can't do it. <laughs> so like you're saying this, this uh, pedal or pedal assist electric bicycle can go anywhere that a bicycle can go even in in the woods yeah yeah uh,
6: in in general the 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 only caveat is that um you know you have at the state level um you know we have layers of government as we're all familiar with um and so at the state level the answer is yes however uh you know individual uh, cities uh park systems um including by the way uh, you know federal uh Parks, uh, national parks um, can set their own rules. Sure. And so, um, so I would say uh, check with your, with your, with your <laughs> yeah. local uh, uh, just, area. Just go but, for it. Yeah. The,
2: and yeah. and that's, yeah. one, <laughs> that's one of the things they're doing is they're pushing kind of the limits and the boundaries and reinventing everything. One of the, I think the keys to um, your success has been some of the celebrity endorsements, people who just happen to buy it because they're like, yeah, I think it looks fun. Um, and I actually uh, follow a certain drummer, Who lives uh, down there? You may know uh, Ricky Ricky Rocket. Actually, Ricky Rocket. And he posted not too long ago that he bought, uh, he had a couple and he was going to go ride some of the bike trails, jogging trails. He had his son on one bike and he and his little daughter on the other. And they were on, you know, slow mode and just out for a nice, fun little ride, making no noise. And not tearing anything up. And somebody called the police on them no. and confronted wow. them about the wow. legality
1: <clears throat> of
2: those bikes there. And I'm like, <clears throat> wow. And I can see little hooligans because I see, I've seen like teenagers bopping around on these things and they're whizzing around. They look so much fun. I want to be young again just for that. Um <clears throat> And it is, it is pushing the boundaries. Is any of that affecting? Like, are you guys having to do any lobbying, or you know, how are you handling that?
6: Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a great question, and it's a and it's a real issue um, in that uh, you know certainly law enforcement isn't uh, really well trained or even aware um, a lot of times of what the you know actual current rules and regulations are. Um, so yeah, so this is actually a, a really big topic. I, I actually just um, a couple of weeks ago was at this uh, uh, this industry kind of leadership conference. So we're, we are a part of uh, People for Bikes, uh, which is a, a national uh, group that um, actually is the one that has you know been uh, steadily over the last few years uh, you know lobbying uh, various state governments uh, to get these e bike laws passed, uh, and also uh, you know at the federal level. Um, just recently with this uh, infrastructure. Uh, package that was passed uh, late last year. Um, there was, uh, you know, part of that actually uh, kind of formally recognized this three-class uh, e-bike system. Mm-hmm. So, so we're very active um, as part of that organization, and um, and you know, and separately from that, um, you know, we also work, um, you know, with the in, in the local areas, uh, you know, where we operate as well. Um, you know, here uh, here in Southern California, um, not always uh, super successful, but uh, you know, uh, uh, we've been able to work um, not only with, uh, you know, police farmers here locally Um, and, you know and uh, you know we've we've also you know in the city we operate here in Irvine we've had Irvine PD come in here as well and, and pull us over and you know be like hey you guys can't ride these things on the road and <laughs> you know we, yeah. we're like well actually um <laughs> let's 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 educate you here about the about yeah. the laws <laughs> um but, but but it is it's a, it's, a, it's a real big opportunity and i think that we can do a lot more um you know to uh you know to not only educate uh you know law enforcement that's just one um, side of it but i think also uh you know you look at uh, these like city councils um and and recently here uh in San Clemente uh, as an example here in South Orange County uh, just about 30 minutes from from our headquarters uh they decided to ban electric bicycles from uh, basically the entire coastal trail system
1: wow. uh, you know,
6: the, the, it runs up on the beach yeah and uh, you know there was a couple of accidents and you know te- te- teens are going to be teens um, and, uh, and, and you know and, and that's happened uh, but you know one of the things that I think uh, you know one of the opportunities I guess is uh, for some reason uh, the electric bicycles or, or even our bikes are looked at as um, you know, we have to create. You know, we have to ban them off of trails, or we have to create these other systems. And you know, the truth is, is that we've had roads where we've shared. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, fast cars and slow cars and trucks and bicycles and and, and pedestrians and all these things for for many many years and you know we have things called speed limits and we have enforcement right. and um and so uh, I, I do think that <clears throat> that eventually um you know you'll start to see the same things in uh you know in the trail systems and that uh you know there there has to be room for for all these kind of new uh, vehicles
0: so um we've very famously seen how european cities now are having mandates that basically internal combustion engines in the next 10, 15 years are going to be banned from cities. Do you see that happening in America? And where are you going to fit in with that? Do you see the Super 73 as a primarily fun vehicle, or are you going to go after the com- sort of city commuter market as well?
6: Yeah, so um – um it's always going to be a fun vehicle uh, in my well, mind, whether course. you use it for something else or not, right? Um, <clears throat> so, so we certainly lead with that fun, um, and uh, and you know, and that's been from day one until the present. But one of the things that's really interesting, and we learned this, uh, I guess this goes back about a year and a half ago. We did kind of a, a really broad survey um, with our customers, and we wanted to get more information about how, how are people actually using, you know, our our products, and 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 who are they, and and, and everything like that. And um, one of the things that surprised us, uh, I know it certainly surprised me, is how many people it was, uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it was around half of respondents um, said that they used our bikes four to five times per week for regular, you know, going to the grocery store, uh, you know, going to school or commuting to work. And it was something I think that that um, surprised us. Um, you know, we, we certainly hadn't ever uh, marketed you know the the products in that way. Um, but it also presented an opportunity, an opportunity for us to uh, you know to actually start to to make it easier for people to to use our vehicles in kind of an everyday manner and, and maybe get you know out of a car and, and use this as your primary form of transportation. And so, uh, just recently, we've uh, you know we've announced a whole bunch of uh, additional accessories. We've kind of been trickling this in, and you know these accessories are. are are meant to do exactly that to have, you know, storage, um, you know, security and safety. Um, you know, all of the kind of main things that would allow you to use these vehicles in in your everyday life.
2: Well, and this is the thing. And I, and what's cool is you guys are really using your success. You, you're by, you're turning that into making many different models. John was foaming over
4: the Mojave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That thing is super cool. And I like the,
2: the, the urban one, uh, that one looks so cool too. You got a lot of different models. So design is, is top. And I look at some of the competitors and they don't have near as many different options. And then you're getting different batteries and and ranges and all this stuff. But here's an interesting thing. We've, we've had the CEO of every um, major electric motorcycle company uh, on our show. And we know that The struggles that they do, but they're making bikes that are commuter bikes. Right. That's what they have to make. They're fighting with range and all that. The niche that hasn't really been filled, but I know personally that there are a lot of brands ready to jump into this market, is the small, around-town, electric motorcycle, not e-bike. And you guys announced something recently. You want to talk about (laughs) The
6: C1X. Yes, well, I, I thought you would never ask on this podcast of all, yeah. so of them. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we, um, uh, you know, we're, we're jumping into the space. Um, yeah, you know, the truth of the matter is is that uh, you know we the bikes that we've already built and we've, and we've been, you know, selling from, for the last five, six years now, um, you know, they arguably have kind of this more motorcycle look and feel, um, mm-hmm. you know, but they're, they're legally electric bicycles and, 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 and you guys, um, you know, have already mentioned, you know, other products that you're familiar with that they kind of have blurred that line in the past. Um, but, you know, once you get past that 30 mile an hour, Mark, I mean, it, it's, you know, to, to, to ride on the road, it's, it's gotta be a motorcycle. Like yeah. legally in the United States, it's just what it has to be. Right. And you can put pedals on something that goes 60 miles an hour, but that, that, that's, that's an illegal motor, motor vehicle. It's not, you know, <laughs> you still have to get up, have a VIN and license it to do it the right way. So as we looked at this, we said, look, Clearly, there's an opportunity here, but but we're not going to fake it. We're not going to just put some pedals on some you know machine and, and you know call it an e bike and 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 whatnot. So um, yeah, we just went you know full in and said we're going to make an electric motorcycle. And as we look at the you know technology and, and, and where it's at, um, and, and by the way, before I continue, I'll just uh, I'm going to admit I I have been riding electric motorcycles like you know production versions that yeah. other people make, other other companies make for the last five years now uh, four or five years so we're probably
2: so, probably know what what brand you're riding yeah it might, it might be yeah, near so us yeah <laughs> yeah it may it, it may be
6: uh, so uh so still have still have one of those bikes and, oh, cool. and also have another uh uh, Italian uh, uh, bike as well that I've had a couple of over the last few years, and so so I'm very familiar with you know what's out there in the market, and and I am an early adopter, and I'm that guy that's gonna you know go and and, and ride that, but there's still um you know a lot of limitations, uh, you know mm-hmm. range, charging, uh, you know weight um, is another one, and so as we look at this space, we said look you know where's the technology right now, and and and, and where is there a true opportunity, and what are our customers asking for, and and it was really simple. I mean, they, they want a simple to use, um, you know, you know, fairly quick charging, you know, decent range to get around an urban, uh, you know, maybe even suburban area, um, you know, motorcycle. It's, it's kind of no frills. You know, I mean, we, we again, the poll that I mentioned uh, that we did a couple of years ago, um, you know, was very telling. Um, we asked the question from our own customers mm-hmm. and we said, how many of you would be interested in a, uh, you know, Super 73 electric motorcycle as a step up product? And you know, I thought, hey, if we get you know ten percent, right, like th- that's that's good enough for me to say yes. You know, we should probably go go down this path. Um, we had, uh, you know, I don't know the exact number, but it was over a third of respondents oh, wow. said, right. yeah, we'd be interested, and and that blew us away, and 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 that was actually, I think, the catalyst for us to say, uh, okay, I think I think we need to do this. <laughs> like, if, if one out of three of our customers is saying that they'd be interested. You know, in, a, in an electric motorcycle, then, then this is a no-brainer for us.
2: The thing that's interesting to me, sort of fascinating, is I think the bike that has forged this path for so many uh, other bikes is actually not even electric. I think the Honda Grom hmm. showed the market, sh- showed us that the market wants a fun little around town right. bike. and. The 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 C1X that you're coming up with, so it's would is you it, say it's grom size? Is it,
4: it is grom size. It looks thirty one. in C so thirty one. Kind of higher than yeah. a little higher, higher
3: yeah. than the grom yeah. size. Yeah. yeah,
6: yeah. It's it's grom ish. Uh, yeah. <laughs> put it that way. And <clears throat> that we used. Um you know it's a similar seat height um the wheelbase um is uh, i believe um similar we we have a fifty one inch and I'm trying to remember what the grom is um but uh, uh but it, you know it's within a couple inches of, of the grom um the biggest difference though, and you know by the way, big fan of groms i mean they they're they're awesome yeah. uh you know they're so cool and you know the, you know people all get together and go you know go rip on them and uh, you you do know, I love stupid stuff. about that yeah. Yeah, well, and, and, you know, and stupid stuff with a, you know, less powerful, smaller bike ends up being, you know, it's it's, it's a lot more fun to do, to do stupid things on slow machines or slower (laughs) machines, right? Yeah, Yeah. Bagel has a thing for I'm
0: I'm just going to stop you there, LeGrand, because there is a difference between your bike and a Grom and quite a, about a 20 mile an hour difference.
2: Well, and that's the thing. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think the Grom kind of forged the path for these other bikes. And right. I know, because we test rode one we can't talk about, that they're, they're coming. And hopefully you guys are first to market because it's just a fun bike. But I was surprised at the top speed on this thing. So, yeah. 75.
6: <laughs> it's a lot more than a Grom. <laughs> yeah. 20 oh. miles an hour. Because, I mean, <laughs> y- Holy cow.
0: you can have as much bravado as you want on a Grom, but 55 is about it. It's it's you know it's like ten horsepower and four speeds, and fifty five mm. is everything on a grom, but yours does mm. seventy five.
6: Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good point, and uh, and this is something that we <laughs> that we obviously uh, obviously deliberated quite a bit, uh, you know, internally. But but what we really wanted to create, you know, and I guess look, the Grom is an amazing formula. And, 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 you know, we said, Hey, you know, we don't necessarily want to just copy that formula. Right. I mean, you know, we, mm-hmm. we do our own thing and, and we have our own you know unique way of, of looking at things. And we said, look, we want to take the best elements of that. And then, you know, basically add the things that, you know, that, that, are, that people want. And, and ultimately what we wanted to create is a, as a product that not only could live in that urban, maybe suburban op- environment, but remember, we're also a product of our environment. So we're here in Southern California, right. and, and what do we know about Southern California? Free Freeways, You can't, you can't go anywhere, yeah. right? You just can't. I mean, sure, I could go from you know Orange County to to Malibu, um, you know, on surface streets if I want to spend you know half of a day, uh, uh, you know, doing that. And so, um, so that was that was a key thing. And, and we decided, hey, we, we need to make something that can go on the highway. Um, it's not where it wants to live, um, certainly, uh, you know most of the time uh, but at least you have that option and so that was the key to having that 75 uh, plus uh, mile per hour uh, uh, top speed
2: are are you guys aware of the have you ever heard of the death grom
6: the death grom it's
2: it's been here at our shop the electric one Yes, it has a zero drivetrain in a grom. It can do like 120
6: miles an hour. I remember. (laughs) That thing is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Have you guys ridden it? No, 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 no. But it's, it's been here.
2: But no, I didn't write No, I, I, I don't even think I wrote the Death FX. I wrote I, I the Death, death, death FX. I yeah, oh, promised. Oh, you wrote, Douglas wrote an earlier version of the Death FX. Yeah, yeah. I
3: did. Uh, that was stupid scary. <laughs> yeah,
2: I know. He almost killed a little
3: <laughs> No, girl. that was reminiscent of our, our the motorcycle race up in. Yeah, I know. Up in, yeah.
2: Um, but one thing I, I wanted to mention about the C1X is the styling is unique. Right. And uh, Aaron, did you have something to do with this?
5: <laughs> no, no. Uh, we, no, we have a, uh, an amazing team now. I, I don't. Uh, I'm not a part of the uh, the core vehicle uh, design anymore, and for good reason. uh This the team that we have is just next level, and I and I think uh, they did a tremendous job with. uh And I let grand talk about this with with just you know something that LeGrand has always said, which is making the uh, two wheel platform acceptable and approachable for anybody. um And so I think that was the mandate, and that was what went into the brief. And I think. Personally, I think our design team knocked it out of the park, but I'll let uh, Lou Grant talk about this.
2: Yeah. And, and have you guys released a price yet? Or are you just taking reservations (laughs) with no price yet?
6: Yeah, there's a Well, we're we're taking reservations with no price yet. And, 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 you know, the truth is, is that we could, you know, we could release a price, but um, by, by the time this is uh, shipping late next year, um, it will definitely be different Mm -hmm. than what it is today um, for all the reasons that we're very familiar with. Uh, And so, um, so yeah, so, so as we get closer, um, you know, we'll kind of trickle those details out uh, over time. But one of the things that the reservation system that we set up, um, it's it's actually an opportunity, um, you know, not just to obviously, you know get in line and and to um, uh, you know get updated of what's happening,, uh, but we're actually, uh, taking reservation holders and getting their input mm-hmm. into what that final product is going to be. So we we have a you know a production intent uh, a concept um, that has to you know then go to production. And there's still some decisions that you know that need to be made in terms of what's in the actual you know production vehicle. Uh, so the reservation holders are going to be part of that process. Um, and that's us bringing the community in and saying hey. You tell us what you want, um, and, and 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 what's important to you, and and, uh, and we'll see if we can make that into production. Now,
2: I know you can't say the price, but um, I also I do know that there are other competitors out there trying to get to market. Their goal is to get a sub ten grand bike. Is that? Can you say if that is your goal?
6: I would say that's a uh, <clears throat> that's that that's a goal that makes a lot of sense. To me.
2: Okay, yeah. So that's that's a huge... Uh, <laughs> Michael smiling. <Schmiley>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a huge part of the market. That's why you're the, the CEO, so you get around. to answer those yeah. questions. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I understand. That's why I said you can have a goal, but especially with everything going on now, you don't know. And you know what? I remember uh, talking to Mike Corbin right when he oh, uh, came up ahead. with the electric Sparrow, went to the auto mart, and suddenly got all these hundreds of orders and and he had to resource parts and some of them were faulty and overall it ended up tanking the whole business because he couldn't get the parts he couldn't get the price they were b- bad and not that it's his fault but he grew too fast right and you guys managed to get through that first or maybe second or third hump but i understand why you have to be so careful with that sourcing good products because you have to, it's your company depends upon it. Right. I get it. I totally So get it.
0: At, at the end of the day though, we're a motorcycle podcast, so we we wanna go mm-hmm. back to that one. You know, unlike <laughs> the technical one. Can you tell us anything about the power plant? Are you allowed to tell us yeah. anything about the power plant right now? Because it's not oh, hub yeah. center, is it? How it's not got a hub no, motor. No, no.
6: So let, 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 let me see how much I can say here without getting uh, getting myself into it's trouble. Just um, us here, just fine. Yes! <laughs> here, just a couple of people. <laughs> so uh so yeah, so um well, I mean, you know, you can do some basic math and you can figure out that to get to 75 plus miles per hour, you know, there's a certain amount of horsepower you need. It's definitely much more than 10, you know, a la Grom. So, so, you know, you, you know, again, back in napkin math, you know, roughly, you know, what, it takes 20 horsepower roughly to get to probably 80 miles an hour, at least accelerate through there. So, so, you know, again, you know, you can kind of just figure out through physics there, you know, the other piece of it, and again, power is one thing, and that is important, but it's not everything you well, know, we're not a uh, it's range statewide.
0: it's always range with electric vehicles no. and obviously if we take your location and we can use la as sort of like this micro version of the world what's going to be the range of that and i know it's not going to have the same range at 75 as it is at 30 but what are you kind of aiming for
6: so what we're aiming for is uh, essentially a bike that can go hundred miles in, you know, in, in kind of the standard, um, you know, city, uh, you know, range calculations, which I think is an average of about 30 miles an hour, right? So right. at least hundred miles in, the, in that city environment. Um, and again, if you kind of, uh, you know, extrapolate out, that's going to be, you know, at, at, at freeway speeds, probably about 40% of that number is usually how that yeah. kind of calculates out. And then in mixed, it's, you know, somewhere in between. Um, and so the idea being, again, take, you know, LA as a, as a great example, you know, can you, can you get to anywhere, you know, in the kind of the LA area on a single charge? And and the goal is to say, yes, um, you can, and, and hopefully back um, by the way. Um, but the other key piece, um, you know, range of course is, is very important. Um, but the other key, key piece is, is charging. Um, and I, I was about and, to ask.
3: I was, I was gonna ask that too.
6: Yeah, and that to me, and again, as a as a customer of other electric mm-hmm. motorcycles, uh, and, and for many years, um, I will tell you, it's one of the things that, um, you know, that was the biggest problem. Um, my first uh, electric motorcycle I bought, um, I remember uh, looking at Google Maps and basically drawing a 20 mile uh, uh, radius around it and going, I can't go further than that, because I can't get back home. Right. And it'll take me mm-hmm. eight hours to charge. And, you know, mm-hmm. so, so it. It really limited, um, I guess, the usability uh, of that bike, uh, and it was something that uh, um, that I went on to fix. I actually ended up, uh, uh, you know, there were some other people making a aftermarket chargers, and mm-hmm. ended up putting it on the bike, and you yeah. know, learned a little bit about that uh, in the process. Um, but when we went out to, to, to make the C1X, um, charging was, was the big one. And, um, and I'm happy to talk uh, more uh, technical details if you want about that piece, uh, so because that, that's going to be key.
2: Level one and level two?
6: Uh, so, yeah, level two uh, charging on board okay. um, and, uh, and supporting the full, uh, I guess, in, in the U.S. full uh, level two charging, which is about six six 6.6 kilowatts of uh, of, of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll take um, how
4: long charging. to charge? To so a full charge?
6: So uh, what we're saying is that uh, you can go to uh, up to 80% uh, in under an hour. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, so, yeah, so that's that's interesting. And I know, yeah, so you have these goals – Now, um, and, and and you're just at the beginning of getting into this, this is a whole thing. Now you're having to, now you're having to get all sorts of approvals on this bike that you didn't have to on the, uh, the super 73, you know, the e-bikes, how has that process been?
6: So, um, yeah it, it, it's very different making a road going uh-huh. uh, you know vehicle than making a, a bicycle there's no doubt about it um oh, yeah. you know there's much 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 more of a process um the lawyers certainly have a lot more to say um about uh, about what goes into uh-huh. it we have to be very careful um there so um you know can't give too much away but i, w- I will say that uh uh that we um I, I I don't think we're going to go through this whole process by ourselves. Um, you know, there's a lot okay. to learn. Um, there's a lot okay. that uh, that we don't know, um, and so I think that in certain in certain aspects, it does make sense. You know, for us to to, to use others that you know have maybe gone before us, and and uh, you know, so that we don't have to make you know some of those those mistakes. And so um, so that's kind of the path that we're exploring. And uh, you know, maybe maybe if you have us back on here in a in a few months, uh, there'll be there'll be some more information about that that, that we can talk about.
2: Well, and it's not a secret that you got some funding from some people who have some experience and knowledge in this department that that's public. So you're partnering with some good people to help you get through. That is great. You guys are on the right path on that. Any chance, because I see the function for these very similar to that of scooters and bagel is our resident scooterist. Any chance scooters are on your radar?
6: Uh, well, um, you know, I think that, uh, if we can make it look cool and, and, and it's functional, it could be on our radar. Um, I, I don't know how to do that yet with scooters. Um, so, but, uh, we can, we should talk. We should talk.
2: <laughs> um, I, I say that because I also know there's a bunch of electric e-scooters coming to market soon. I mean, this is, it's really, a uh, fascinating, um, to see how many stuff are coming to market, but also I I happen to know a lot of it is being sourced from China and some of it is shit. So who's going to get the good stuff to market at the right price. That's going to last. It's, it's really fascinating, especially cause we were at aim expo recently and there was a lot of e-bikes and, and e-motorcycles there that I was skeptical of, you know?
6: Yeah. Yeah, and I, I look. I'd love, I'd love to comment a little bit about that, yeah. and, and and you know maybe this will give you a little bit of an idea of kind of how we think through things. Um, we mentioned earlier that the very first you know bikes that we made, um, we made them you know, <laughs> you know in Orange County in mm-hmm. California. You know it was it was difficult. Uh, you know making stuff is hard. Uh, making stuff in the U.S. is even harder, and making it in California is almost impossible, right? So, yeah. um, but. Um, and, you know, and, and for our, our the rest of our products, um, you know, we haven't been able to do that once we kind of mm-hmm. you know went into having more of mass market. Um but you know, as we look at and now building road going vehicles, and especially with the current climate that we're in, and um, you know, that climate of it costs ten times to ship anything that it did yeah. three, you know, two and a half two years ago, um, and you know, and, and material costs are going up and all, all these challenges. And so um I do think that there's an opportunity um for us to um you know to actually Build, um, you know, the C1X um, in the close to the markets where we actually sell them. Um, so that would be you know here in North America and in uh, Europe um, as well. And so um, you know I, I can't I can't tell you exactly where, yeah. where you know this is going to be made, um, but I, I will say that as a company and, and just in general, you know, one we we don't actually um, produce any of our products in china currently um and uh, and and in the future uh, you know we're, we're certainly looking at every opportunity that we can to actually build our products mm-hmm. close to where we actually sell them
2: well that's cool and nice i i hope that we are you know following along with you because as you're getting into this market uh, it's it's a similar path really to zero in that they started with dirt bikes because they didn't have to get yeah. the all the approval for them and um and you guys are also kind of in the similar market as like the Surron and Segway bikes, um, which it's really fascinating to see this market being generated. But where does it go? What place does it have in motorcycle community? Do you see a lot of crossover in motorcyclists? Or is this a whole different thing that the uh, the Gen Zs who don't own any vehicles you know, want e-power, what's the market you've been seeing?
6: Yeah. So, um, I guess there's two ways to look at it. And, and if you look at, uh, you know, I'll, I'll comment on zero, you, you brought them up here. Um, you know, uh, you know, zero has been at this for, 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 a long time. Um, and, uh, you know, lo- longer than anybody actually. And, um, and, you know, and, and they've certainly focused on, you know, rightly so on, uh, I guess the existing motorcycle market, right. And convincing motorcycle riders, um, to, uh, you know, tri-electric instead of, you know, their gas or petrol, uh, you know, bike. Um, and, and, and they've had, you know, arguably uh, some success at that, uh, you know, as, as you know, Harley and, and others, but ultimately when we look at this and, and, and what I actually think, um, you know, kind of the future of this, um, is, uh, for us in particular, I think that, what the C1X represents and, and, and what you're going to see is a whole new generation mm-hmm. of riders coming into the space. And, and this is a, these are riders that wouldn't, that wouldn't ride if it wasn't electric, if it wasn't, you know, simple to use and simple to operate. And as much as, you know, uh, you know, all, you know, all of traditionalists can say, well, it doesn't have a clutch and it doesn't have gears and it doesn't make noise. And, you know, it's not a real motorcycle at the end of the day, you know, it's, um, you know, motorcycle ridership um, in this country, in particular, um, you know, is a far cry from what it once was. And um, so, you know, I look at our role um, as you know bringing that kind of that excitement um, that the space mm-hmm. used to have uh, to again a generation uh, that that otherwise you know wouldn't wouldn't get to experience that. And I think that's what, at least for me personally. You know, makes this um, worth it. Um, you know, is to is to see uh, young people, especially, um, you know, including you know my own children, um, yes. get super excited about being on two wheels and, and and about the freedom and the adventure that 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 that, that brings. And 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 that's what it's about.
2: And and Michael, I have a question for you because it seems to me you have this opportunity of getting young people on the Super seventy three, getting brand loyalty, and them growing with you guys as you're getting into bikes. How big of a part is that in your marketing strategy?
7: Oh yeah. I would say since, honestly, since our inception, we were kind of made aware of it very quickly. And, and again, it was a happy accident in the beginning. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, there's a lot of millennials at this uh, meetup. That's interesting. And, um, <laughs> and we kind of chased that momentum. We gave them a tool that not only they can express themselves through, but it actually added value to their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that's been missing in uh, the product offering for a lot of younger people, because people are so focused on stripping down the price, stripping everything down so that a a millennial can afford it or a Gen Mm -hmm. Z can afford it. And, and they forgot about that sort of that pride of ownership that really, I think developed through motorcycle culture. You know, we see it a little bit with Jeep culture as well. And, uh, once we had those young people hooked, um, They were the ones demanding that we make a motorcycle like Mm -hmm. LeGrand said earlier. And now since uh, unveiling that new kids bike, um, you know, we're excited to start that journey even sooner and give them uh, not only a a bike they can ride, but a world that they can live in and things to look forward to. And all of the adult marketing ties into the youth marketing. And, and we're, you know, we're building out these big campaigns that are going to not only like cover the kids bikes, but cover the adults bikes and allow kids to relate to their parents and how their parents are riding In such a new way, in a way that really hasn't, nobody's gotten a chance to do yet, and we're we're kind of at the forefront of that. And if we can do that right, I think it's going to be a really exciting sort of new way to market.
2: Yeah, you guys are jumping in the market when it's blowing up and crazy. I don't know if you're aware, but I believe just yesterday a new record was set. Are you following this? A guy named Darren. Um, broke a record that m- many people we've had here on the show once held, including Electric Cherry himself. Uh, Darren rode on his Energica, and Energica, 76
6: hours. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly wow. seventy six hours from San Diego to Jacksonville. Wow, yeah,
6: nice
2: blew yeah. the record out of the water. Um, we had uh, I think Scott Harkless. He had in the last record he came on the show after that so we're following all that it's quite it's quite fascinating um and you guys are in it so that's exciting too and i'm hoping that we can continue keeping a relationship with you guys and 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 following along because we're in the middle of the electric thing um i have a surprise for you guys Oh. oh i hope you're excited guess what time it is what time
0: is it? Lisa? It's game
2: time. Oh! <laughs> so I like to come up with games on our show, and I came up with the Super 73 game.
0: Wow. And this
2: Uh-oh. Is, this, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is easy. So, and since we've got even amounts, even teams, I think I'm going to put Bagel, Emma, and John on one team. Okay. And then we'll put Aaron, right. Legrand, and Michael on another team. All right. Here's the deal. This all you got to do is shout out the correct answer to get the point, okay? And just remember, the theme here is super, super three, super. All right, follow along. Okay, ready? Known by his birth name Cal L, he made his first appearance. Superman. In Su- that is correct. <laughs> Action I'm Comics, in in June nineteen thirty-eight. <laughs> Superman. Okay, this next one. The nine hundred and three CC Kawasaki Z one Superbike was the most powerful Japanese four pot ever produced. Its eighty-two horsepower output was enough to propel the five hundred and fifty pound superbike to 130 miles per hour to take home the coveted machine of the year award from the motorcycle news this year. 73. That is correct. It's the Z <laughs> one. Boom! Oh, all right, we got time one-to-one.
7: We really, it was 50-50. We could have said Super or <laughs>
1: 73.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes, okay. Ready? She inherited both Kryptonian and Amazon powers.
4: Wonder Woman. When, uh, from
2: her parents, <laughs> Superman and Wonder Woman.
4: Oh. Oh. Supergirl.
2: That is correct. Yes. Uh, yes. yes. Oh Oh, Michael. We have a DC over Michael. there. Listen, I'm a
4: Marvel guy.
7: I'm, I'm out of my territory. <laughs> Come
4: on.
2: <laughs> Okay. I didn't
4: know they did it nasty. That's new.
2: All (laughs) right. You never heard the joke? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Two two to one. Misfits are are winning. Released in 1973. Dark Side to the Moon. With its sporting distinctive... (laughs) 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 Sorry. With its sporting distinctive two-tone paintwork, a bikini fairing, and a new tail, this bike was intended to shrug off the enduring image of of bmw motorcycles so. oh yes yes okay that is point to the misfits the r90s <laughs> we're in they hot were water s- guys <laughs> stayed and utilitarian okay
0: slackers at super 73 yeah. okay, come ready. along now
2: <laughs> all right in 1942 dr harry Coover was trying to create a clear plastic for gun sights. super glue that is correct. Oh, to be used in the oh, war. Wow. During his testing and experimenting,
1: he accidentally created
2: Psyoanacrolite, more commonly known as this household item. Super uh, But You guys, come on. All right, Brutal. All right, have got
6: to get on a trivia night, one of these days. Okay, all right. Ready for
2: the next one. Made by Ideal, this was the must-have toy in 1973.
8: Slinky. Tinker toy.
7: Lincoln uh, Logs. Uh, R- Rubik's Cube. Somebody,
8: <laughs>
1: somebody, <is>
2: that was <laughs> <the> an <laughs> oh, oh, evil Knievel. Heart, We're just
1: guessing. We're just guessing
3: evil at this point. Acid. Evil Knievel. Evil
2: Knievel. Knievel stunt cycle. There are three uh, in this room, just so you guys uh, know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ideal uh, 1973. Come on, you guys. I wasn't right. alive. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay. We've only got two more, so oh, we're hopefully you guys are doing great. Hopefully you'll get this one. You have a fair shot. I'm telling you, you, have a fair shot. These rings are typically made of yellow or rose gold with diamonds. They usually include the team name, team logo, have a phrase Super on Bowl them, rings. and Tom Brady has seven of them, the Super yep. Bowl ring. Okay, that. you guys, it's not looking good. What's it like? Six to one. But fortunately- Ooh, this super embarrassing. One, this last one is worth ten thousand points. Oh,
0: That's we su- <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be down another ten
2: thousand. Awesome. <laughs> That's uh,
0: super seventy three embarrassing. Okay. guys All right.
2: Ready for this last one, Grandpa Scrotum. M C M L XXII is also 73. known.
6: There you go. <laughs>
2: 1973. You guys, I tried. I tried to. It's it
6: <laughs> just. I, I. I think. I think it's the delay coming in. That's what. Well. <laughs> My guys didn't even stitch, Of it. course, yeah. it's the delay. I didn't
2: even talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that last one was a lob. I really tried to make it easy. <laughs> there was a theme going here. Uh, well, sure I, I wanted to thank you guys for coming on, and and Sharon, um, we haven't covered um, where people can find out more, where they can buy these bikes, because. You guys don't have a dealer network, right?
6: So, uh, well, we don't have a mm-hmm. you know a, a real formal, big, huge dealer network. But mm-hmm. recently, um, we actually have. Uh, we, there, there actually are locations where you can see our bikes. So um, uh, you may or may not have heard, but we uh, we recently have partnered with uh, with actually Best Buy, um, and um, we have yeah. And uh, Dude, I'm not sure big. the current number. That's big. Yeah, I mean, it, wow. it, 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 it can be. But, uh, so I'm not sure how many stores there is uh, currently um, at this moment, but, uh, but certainly on BestBuy.com they have them, and then they're starting to roll out in uh, their actual stores. Uh, by the end of the year, I believe that will be, um, uh, you know, something like uh, 90 to a hundred stores or something like that. Um, So not in all of them, Um, you know, certain locations, obviously in um, warmer weather, uh, you know, locales here in California. Um, But otherwise super 73.com. So we do um, sell, uh, you know, the, the bikes direct. we can ship anywhere in the country. Uh, And we also have a retail uh, store uh, here in uh, in Irvine, California, here in, uh, in Orange County as well. Um, So, yeah,
2: Doug, can you pull your strings and get it into Costco?
3: Uh, I can do my best. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm going to have to need a demo first, though.
2: Well, <laughs> and I'm curious because to be able to supply to somebody like Best Buy, I'm guessing did you have to uh, move into a new production facility and like uh, like it, make it, a big investment it, in it?
6: Yeah, it's been. Uh, I mean, look, the truth is, is, this has been about three years in the making. Yeah. So these things are not like you know just. You know, turn turn a switch. Um, it's been a really long time coming, and, and and Best Buy is just you know the one kind of national partner. We actually yeah. do have. If you go to our website, we do have um, uh, you know a, a variety of dealers actually um, mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the country, and we've really expanded that recently. Uh, and in fact, you may have heard, um, may, may, maybe not, but we've actually partnered um, with uh, Indian Motorcycle, and we've actually yes. released a nice. yeah a, um, a a version of our bike that is uh, Indian branded, and those will be sold exclusively uh, in Indian. Uh, oh, that's great. And so um, cool. and, that, and that will be nationwide, and, and I think there's about 200 or so uh, across the country. Those and be am
2: book. I wrong? Is nice. there a Roland Sands? Bike there too? is a Roland yeah. Sands
6: edition, and in fact, oh, wow. that is my personal bike, uh, oh! my favorite one, the one that I ride. Uh, it. Uh, so yeah, so so Roland's a. Uh, A great friend of the brand, Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, amazing, amazing guy, Uh, and um, and so yeah, so we actually have that bike. Um, You can actually get it from uh, from Roland's shop in Long Beach, um, and obviously, we we sell that, and also in uh, in in a few different uh, power sports um, shops. And in addition, uh, actually, just before we came on the podcast, Aaron and I uh, decided to, uh, you know, I thought, hey, uh, let's get on our let's get on our motorcycles and go for a Sunday ride. And so we actually went to the uh, the bike shed. Um yeah. which is open in the, in LA, and, uh, is, it, and we is actually it ha-
2: open open? Because it it's was open like, open. It's it open, open, open open. Okay, because it's been it is sort open, of open, open. like pre COVID. <laughs> it's like, but it's we need to go down yeah. there. We do. Yeah, I've been you to the bike come. shed in in London. Yeah, I, but I haven't been to the one
6: in LA yet. It- this is this bigger and better. And is this, nice. is it's, this
2: membership? There was a deal beforehand that it was like a membership.
6: You don't, day. you don't, you don't, okay. you don't have okay. to have a, me- you know, there, there's a membership, but you don't need to have that. And I cool. know uh, it's an amazing, amazing place. And we are there. So super 73 has uh, in the retail location that they have there. Um, we have a section and the Rolling Sands bike is right there. Okay. So, oh, that's great. so, so it, nice. uh, you can see it in person. So, so, uh,
0: well, we know what you ride Legrand. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what are you riding?
5: Yeah. Um, so, I, fair warning, I, I'm a fairly new rider. That's I okay. Pandemic. Yeah. Uh, so, I started on a, a Ninja 400, which I absolutely That's a Great start. Yeah. Cool. Uh, cool. Nice. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I, I got that uh, again during the pandemic. And six months later, I got a uh, Bonneville Street Twin. Nice. Ah. Also a great question. bike. Yeah, can I call oh, it a Bonneville? Or is it, or the people are going to come
2: after
0: and be like, oh, that's not a true Bonneville. Well, it's, it's, triumph. It's, a stri- a triumph. Yeah. it's a Bonneville. It's a not- Bonneville, yeah. No, I mean, it's they're the a legit Bonneville. So. You All right. Ride it with pride. <laughs> I
5: Michael. I that thing
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Michael. What? Do you ride?
7: One of us needs to keep both their feet on the ground just until we get through, through the round funding, and then funding. Uh, and then I'll open it up. It's funny. Uh, no, I've got the tattoos and, and the hair, but uh, not the motorcycle. Um, I rode for a while. I took some off-road courses through right. Honda and then rode Perfect. a TW uh, tracker for a bit. The t Oh, got, d- yeah, I d- got, got got sideswiped like week one, oh, and I was like, "Oh, no. you know yeah. what? We're gonna jump back Man. in the car for a little bit. Uh, I will ride. I'll, I think I'm gonna get licensed on a C1X, um, oh, so cool. it, it'll come." Nice. But yeah, right. Yeah.
2: You, you said you did the training at Honda down there?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah up we in did the uh, up in the desert. Yeah, super cool. It was an awesome course. It was yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah. They
2: we went down to the. You're talking about the the Honda school?
7: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
2: Well, they mm-hmm. shut it down for us. <laughs> And, oh, and, and, cool. and, and Emma and I went and did. We were the, the only lesson. two. We were the only two pupils. <laughs> wow. um, wow. that's awesome! Felt, yeah, it was a bit like whoa. Yeah, no, we, we thought we're going to be in a class with a bunch of kids. Yeah. No, it was just us. They shut it down. I,
7: I got to tell you, I wish it had been that way because the first time I got yeah. on there, I had a bunch of kids shooting past me while <laughs> yeah, I was
2: stalling. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's going
0: to
3: happen the rest of your life.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, no, thanks for coming yeah. on, guys. It's been great. Yeah. um You mentioned you'd like to come on again in a few months, Mm -hmm. and after you've done the rollout, perhaps.
6: I tell you what, I would love to come on. We're definitely going to be releasing some more information here in the coming months on the C1X, and as we have more details, I'd love to come on and share them with everybody. Absolutely.
2: We want battery size. We want. We want want a dirt. We want a dirt version. Dirt. And yep. We. Okay, I like that look. Yeah. Uh huh.
8: Okay. Yeah. And I just want to say I, I really I'm really impressed with what you guys are doing. Uh, so much so that I just went and put down a deposit on a C1X. <gasps> oh!
1: oh my god. Yes.
5: Yep. Yep. Oh my god.
8: Yes. Nice M- mission,
6: mission accomplished. Huge <laughs> honor. Wow. Thank
8: you.
2: And Bagel not only is a scooter much. guy, he's an electric guy. So
8: yeah. And checking and all the boxes. When, when you put out a small bike that does 75 miles an hour <laughs> sign me up and I, I just did.
2: That doesn't have the name death in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, that's awesome. I can, oh, I can buy. Yes. <laughs> well, congratulations cool. bagel. Yeah. That's that right. Is big. That's right. Then, yeah, yeah. Are you guys going to, to any events? Are you at any events or shows that people can look for you at?
6: We, we are. Um, I don't have a list in yep. front of me. I think uh, Aaron uh, on the, on the motorcycle side, you know, um, i I don't know yeah
5: it's been adjusted a a couple times over we were just at sea otter we're doing a couple bike events i think the next Mm -hmm. big one at least on the e-bike side that i remember off the top of my head uh, potentially is going to be electrify expo
6: in europe um Yeah so the, the electrify expo is a five city uh, tour uh, here in the US of uh, of e-bikes, electric uh, motorcycles and electric cars. Um so we will be at uh, at all of those uh, events. So also the most of the cool.
7: F1 events we normally have a pretty big pretty, pretty big presence anywhere there's a race we're there so we're doing the, oh. uh, the F1 circuit so cool.
0: great. yeah. So um I'm going to put you guys on the spot right now. Mm- Traditionally me and Liza We'll do a Southern California trip kind of midsummer. Yes. Would you like a v- pair of visitors so we can have a look we around you? Yes. love it.
6: Yes. <laughs> we love it. love to have you. Love it. That'd be amazing. Cool. You can even host your podcast in our studio. Mm-hmm.
8: Ooh, oh,
1: wow. I like the sound
6: oh. of
2: that. Maybe we can even get Bagel to come down and pick up his bike.
8: Well, that would be, would be, so be good. That, <laughs> that would the, be so cool. At the very least it might make for a great road trip. Yeah. Yep.
2: Um but right now you're looking at 2023 for the C1X, is that right?
8: Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah, going to see year.
2: it in 2022 at all.
7: You I mean, might if you, you come down. See, yeah, yeah so I was going to I mean yeah. if you've
2: got a
0: prototype yeah. that we could actually lay our hands on. No, it's some um, It's always nice to just see what's going on down there. I mean, we've toured the honda facility we've gone to various places it seems that la's got its own scene and we we really enjoy it down there we always have a good time down in la
2: yeah well let's definitely stay in touch and again thank you guys for coming on it, there is a certain crossover but also it's forging a new path and also yes. it's the gateway drug yes to big yeah. bikes, which is what <laughs> i love so much i have one more question for you guys I kind of say for last, because this is uh, something that the whole e-bike, e-motorcycle market hasn't really yet established the infrastructure.
0: Is this unwarranted advice, Liza? For
2: battery swapping, (laughs) like we're seeing in other parts of the world. And I'm wondering, is this something that you are looking at getting into? And if you guys don't know battery swapping, it's just like your propane tank have a universal battery that you can just swap out at a gas station or hardware store or wherever it's going to be. You
3: pay a little core fee or something. And yeah,
2: yeah. you don't own the battery. Right. And you swap them out. So I I assume you guys are looking into it. How close are we to seeing this uh, happening here in the U.S.?
6: Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, I'm very very familiar with it. Um, actually, the uh, one of the biggest companies that does this is a company that just went public actually this uh, last week, uh, which is uh, Gogoro, um, yeah. originally out of Taiwan, and uh, and they partnered with uh, with Yamaha and others um, as well. But one of the things that's that's interesting about the battery swapping is that, you know, the reason that, you know, in this case, Koguro originated in Taiwan is because the charging infrastructure, the way that, um, yeah. you know, that we at least envision it here in the US is is literally impossible over there, right? It's, it's just not possible. You have, you know, these narrow streets and you have, uh, you know, everything, you know, you got 20, was it 23 million people on an island, right? Crammed in. Mm-hmm. And so the battery swapping is because there's really just no other way to, to, to bring the infrastructure in. Um, and so if you look at it, um, it's worked really, really well there. Um, and I think, in other, uh, you know, Asian markets, it's going to work really well. Um, you're starting to see it in some of the European markets. Um, here in the U.S., I think there's an opportunity potentially, maybe in, um, you know, the, the the really big urban uh, cores. Um, but outside of that, I, you know, I I, I think I think it's going to be tough. The other limitation that we have here in the U.S. and this is something if you look at our products um you know we we have a uh, you know a battery is like twice the size of like a typical european bike right? right and it's because you know here in the u.s newer country most of the cities were built after you know cars were invented and you know, la of course is the poster child for this right a you know, huge spread out metropolis and so one of the issues with the battery swapping is that you also have to have a battery that is small and light enough to be able for a person to just, you know, take it out and and, and swap Mm -hmm. it. And so that really limits the size. And so what we've seen is, um, you know, Gogoro and others, um, you know, they'll have scooters that can take up to two of these packs, but Mm -hmm. to give you an idea, and again, without giving too much away, you know the C one X, you know, people have asked, well, you know, why don't you do a swappable battery? Um, well, because, you know, number one, it would, you know, take uh uh you know you know Arnold Schwarzenegger himself to like be able to like pull yeah. that thing out and to swap it, or we would have to have, you know, a whole bunch of battery modules, which then, you know, it creates all this he, complexity and cost. Man. It's that's yeah, it's unnecessary. So I think the battery swapping is very interesting. For sure. Um, I I just struggle to see that really taking off in the US, at least in the in the near term, um, because again, some of the limitations that, that I mentioned before.
2: Fair enough. Thank you. You you addressed it yeah. and it's something that everyone's looking at, but Well,
3: we've seen that in our town, and it's not just battery swapping. It's bike swapping. You just leave the bike and just take a new one. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I've seen many Super 73s like that. I see the homeless people riding them around. (laughs) I think they did a bike swap from somebody's backyard. It is very popular. different kind
6: of bike swap.
4: Yeah. One's riding a BSA right now.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I know.
2: Well, thank you guys very much. Thank Um, you. Again, super73.com. Go check it out. Um, You might want to get a deposit in, which, by the way, the deposit is pretty meager. Bagel, how much did you just put a deposit down on?
8: I paid seventy three dollars.
2: Wow, look at that! I should have put and that. I should have put that in the <clears throat> game.
7: <laughs> I want to add: you're getting seventy three dollars worth of value in stuff we're about to be sending out here pretty soon. So, uh, nice. I mean, if nothing else, you're going to get some really cool Super seventy three merch. Uh, even if you do decide to refund that refundable deposit, so there's oh, there's no nice. risk here.
4: Ooh.
0: Cool. Ooh. Awesome
4: but idea. hey
7: but don't 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 <laughs> <read
4: that. laughs>
0: not i'll come after you <laughs> well here's a final question have you you know you you really you're not going to lock down that price point at all
2: no they can't they can't they can't okay and especially if they haven't sourced it's, everything There's, yeah that's a well, dangerous I get it.
6: thing well yeah, I mean, think think, think about uh, you know, think about any item um, that you bought eighteen yeah. months ago versus today, yeah. right? It's it's right. a house, a car. I mean, a, you know, a bike. I mean, look what that you know, <laughs> prices Fair of motorcycles. It, it I, could so. go down too. You never know. It, it could. Yeah. Hey, yes. absolutely could. That's a real possibility. I, I get I it,
0: but I'm sure it's going to represent great value for money. <laughs>
6: And
2: there you yes. go. Well, thank you guys. Is. I appreciate you coming <laughs> so, on. I hope I hope you had some fun sorry about the game. Red wedding there.
6: <laughs> all right, yeah, we'll be on guys. our home turf next time, hopefully. And um, yeah. different,
1: yes, outcome. Yes, yes, different yes. outcome. Yeah, it was very yeah, informative.
3: Right. Thank you very much. Yeah.
8: Yep. Keep up the great thanks work.
2: All right. See you ben. guys. Thanks, thank you guys. Thank yeah, you guys. no problem.
8: Thanks. All right.
2: Bye. Bye. Well, isn't that pretty cool? I mean, Super 73, I, I love what they're doing. And it is a gateway. It really is. Oh, absolutely. But sure. the thing is, yeah. and we were having this conversation out in the parking lot today. Let's see, which bike was it? It was, um, There are there, sometimes there are bikes, and they may not be pretty. They may not be well done. You know, the aesthetics aren't good. But every now and then, a bike comes in the garage, and I go, I just want to get on it and do bad things. Yeah. I don't hmm. know, like Scotty's SV650 dirt bike thing. I'm like, uh, yeah. like Brat, I'm like, it makes me want to do bad things. And I kind of get that same thing from the Super 73. Like, I want to get on it and jump a ramp like Haley Bill <laughs> <laughs> Haley <laughs> did. I got to show you the video. She's an idiot. <laughs> uh, she's like, I, I was, I was yeah, I see that. So she built a ramp and then jumped it on her dirt bike in the street. Nice. Yeah, I know. Um, But there is something about, there is some special sauce with the Super 73s, I think. And like I said, they do seem to have the magic um, formula. It's all the things.
3: Well, does it light that fire in your loin?
2: (laughs) Doug, (laughs) you of all people know about bikes that make you want to do stupid stuff. (laughs) We've done so much stupid stuff. Um, Yeah, it it is cool. So I'm looking forward to see what they come up with uh yeah with the prices and bagel i'm excited for you
8: yeah didn't
1: I mean, think I,
2: that was a surprise yeah well i mean i
8: i love small bikes what can
2: i say and
8: <laughs> just checking out the details on this one it sounds like it's just up my alley
2: um emma hello darling i believe we have another advertisement we do indeed we have another sponsor
0: oh. awesome and this we- one is kind of cool we have another sponsor, and we have a long history with this company. Mm. It's Law Tigers. Law Tigers of Northern California is proud to support NorCal's local motorcycle shops and businesses. You know who they're going to be featuring? Who? At the upcoming Quail Motorcycle Gathering on May 14th, 2022. Who? Cool. Moto Town of yeah. Marina,
2: California.
0: Yay. Yes. This is the triumphant return of the quail that has been postponed since 2019 due to the pandemic. Check out Mototown Town and the quail on Facebook and Instagram for more details. And visit lawtigers.com. <laughs> <laughs> to learn about their (laughs) ongoing support of the riding community here in northern california and nationwide let me tell you something right now about law tigers they're a bunch of attorneys yeah you know sharks right they genuinely do a good job for the riding community yeah um they'll always give you the free consultation they've got nationwide reps they're all solid these are our friends yeah um they really are solid guys so um yeah and if
2: you're coming to the quail look for us because well, Law Tigers and Motorcycles and Misfits are going to be sharing a booth at the Quail. Actually, right.
0: that's not true.
2: Oh, yeah. Mototown is.
0: Law Tigers and Mototown yeah. are going to oh, be yeah. sharing a booth, and I'll that's put true. up with you guys. I kind of
2: said, oh, I don't want to hang out there, but I made a banner and everything. Yeah, I know.
0: And <laughs> I'll, I'll let you fly the banner, um, and I, I'll bring something fruity along for us to gaze at. So, All right, there I you th-
2: go. I think we have some time to read some emails. Bagel, do you have one I sent you? I do. You want to read that? And did you make sure, sure you read the very end I first? Did. Okay. Mercy,
8: her, pressure. On English, on English. But, but it says, <laughs> so, and if you want to do an accent, let's go with the Swedish chef from the Muppets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just going along with what our listeners are suggesting. You're just doing okay. what
0: you're told,
2: aren't <laughs> you are
1: told good. All
8: right, because not everyone speaks Swedish, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Austin they send a message. He says, Miss Emma, Hello, really darling. driven home checking tire pressure. But I'm curious if I run my rear tire just a couple pounds heavy, is that an issue? I'm a bigger fella and my scout calls for 36 front 40 rear. This could be totally in my head, but I feel like I get more lean on left-hand turns at about 42 in the rear. Don't cat. And I don't catch the side stand or my boot heel on a tight turn. Thanks.
2: And I think, douglas the oh, tire Doug- guy wants yeah to jump i was gonna say doug's
0: going oh, to right. jump into this tire guy here absolutely
3: what's add it? add a few pounds uh are you talking cold inflation hot inflation um cold inflation would be in the morning before you go riding
0: yeah
8: assuming this is the cold pressure cold yeah.
3: pressure sure add a few pounds just don't exceed what's marked on the side of the tire is the max inflation
8: yeah yeah and and it makes total sense because uh, if you're a heavier rider you know that is more load on the bike, and 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 most bikes will have you know different settings for the rear if if based on the load. Right. So sure. if yeah. you if you if you have more weight, you know, bump it up a couple pounds.
3: Bottom line: more load and more pressure. Yeah.
2: So he's fine. There yep. you go. Yep. All right, Douglas, you got one. I do. It says. <laughs> <laughs> That's good
3: oh it was so funny Bigel. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Eric uh, hey Misfits longtime listener first time caller I met hey. th- I met those of you who were at the AMA Vintage Days last year I know you remember me I was the middle aged guy on a small displacement 1970s dirt bike
2: I remember that guy oh, yeah, there yeah. was only one <laughs> that's, that's all there was
3: <laughs> I'm from the far northern end of West Virginia where the accounts uh, accents are Pittsburgh <laughs> don't bother trying oh yeah <laughs> I've uh, heard Nians in attempt to the accent before, and it was mortifying. (laughs) (laughs) My my current garage has a 70s era CB450 uh, Cafe Racer. Very nice. Uh, First bike I built uh, a 1976 Suzuki TC100 Blazer, a 2009 Versus, my daily. uh, TTR 125. Okay. Awesome. Stupid stuff, bike. A Chinese Gy Six One Hundred and Fifty CC scooter, and now I've mm. acquired a Two Thousand and Eight Piaggio oh. Fly One Hundred and Fifty. The bike mm. I'm writing to you about.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, and see, on. and that is a perfect blend of bikes, and I love it when you got right. a little bit of everything and a scooter. This, it's everything. Yeah.
3: This this is the the uh, the crooks right bike salad. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I picked it up non running for a song and immediately drained a gallon of bad gas from the fuel cell as well as pulled the carb, disassembled, and ultrasonic in the Yamalube carb dip solution for several hours. The carb the carb and all the bits and bobs are like new. I've checked the entire vacuum system using the quote unquote its idling spray carb cleaner on every joint and tube end quote method dash. Replace the bad part of the line, and now no leaks. Fuel line is clean as well. New air filter installed. Nine hundred and sixty-six miles on the bike. Evap system deleted. Here's the issue: it idles rough, hesitates on lower RPM. Once it gets going, it runs great, but taking off from a stop light, mm. uh, taking off from a stop light ain't what it should be. Uh, when it idles rough, you can hear a tiny bit of belt slap from inside the CVT case, hmm. but none. Uh, in flight, this is the first scooter I've messed with. What am I missing? Help! Thanks for
2: is this a vacuum leak?
3: Thanks for weekly laughs no. and quality no. info, uh Eric. Thanks for writing in, Eric. Yeah, I'm gonna let the scooter guy take this one.
2: Or Emma, both of you. Well, what's, what's your best guess, Bagel? My, I, think I mean, my, Emma thinks my she instinct, knows.
8: My instinct is is sending me to the fuel tap as a possible source of trouble. But Emma, what do you mm. think?
0: it needs to raise the needle. All you need to do oh. is raise the needle. Yeah. Take the top off the carburetor, pull the pull the diaphragm out, remove the needle from the slide, put two tiny washers underneath the needle, put it back in, assemble it carefully. All your problems will be solved. Like, I promise like you. Like a 4 millimeter wow. stainless
2: washer from the hardware store.
0: Exactly. Just don't overthink the washers. The trick with the washers, when you take the needle out of the slide, you see, it's like a top hat. You know, there's a flange. There's a flange. And <laughs> the, the washer, the washer that you put over the needle shouldn't be any bigger than the flange because there's like a coop that drops down over the flange and, and holds everything. There's a coop and a flange. A flange mm-hmm. and a coop. Yeah, so just be careful. Go down to fucking (laughs) Ace Hardware, get four millimetre stainless washers, put two of those under the needle, put it all back together, raise the needle by the thickness of two four millimetre washers. It'll run like a chump. Trust me. there you go. And it's not entirely the... The bike's fault. I mean, they lean these things out so much for the American market, not just for the California mm, market. Yeah. And they're kind of on the brink of running like shit anyway. Um, mm. Every every bike on the road that has got a CV carburetor could almost certainly benefit from fattening up in the mid-range. Mass gas. Um, you know, and the gas itself <laughs> is constantly changing. So, um that will do it, With my dear. Trust me, it. it will cost you probably 23 cents. If that. No, about there. Right. What, what do Ace Hardware charge for a stainless steel washer? I think you're... Four millimeter.
2: Four millimeter. They might... Yeah, you're... Ten right, cents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Everything uh, went up. Everything went cheaper,
0: up. Cheaper yeah. than kissing a ginger in any way. Uh, <laughs> yes. So <laughs> less than that, you'll get change out of a quarter.
2: All right. Well, good. <laughs> there you are. Uh, all right. I have one here. And this is from uh, Alex in Minnesota.
0: Hi, Alex. Alex, is it Alexander or Alexandria?
2: Alex, he says hello, misfits. No, it could be she.
0: Okay, certainly it it could be either.
3: It
4: could except
2: it is Alexander. Okay, but they go by Alex. Uh, Alex says, I currently own a 2004 Honda Shadow Sabre 1100. Nice. I've been thinking about trading it in for a new bike, you know. I thought I had my (laughs) mind set on a 2022 Honda Rebel 1100. Decent bike, yeah. Decent. But I've also been looking at adventure bikes. Currently, I only ride to work and back, but I am going to be doing a lot more riding this year. I don't ride under... Roads, but I like the idea of being able to, if I feel like it. But at the same time, I'm a short guy, only 58 and all the adventure bikes I've seen are pretty tall. John would know something about that. Little bit, ya? little bit. My budget is ten k. No, oh, as I'm shit, not getting a loan because I don't want payments. I would like to stick around eleven hundred cc. If I get another cruiser, what suggestion do you all have? I'm open to any brand of bike. This will be the first new bike that I've ever gotten, and I don't want to regret any decision I make. I love the podcast. I'm looking forward to what y'all have to say.
3: A stretch booster. So you, I have looked high and low. You need two bikes.
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, everybody needs two
2: bikes. <laughs> two $5,000 <000 laughs> I mean, bikes. Don't get, one.
3: don't get rid of one to get to get the adventure bike. N plus one. Yep, yeah, N plus one.
2: So uh, I've
4: looked at all these different bikes, and I would say... What I landed on was a Triumph, yeah, Tiger, which has um, been a
2: good bike for you yeah. and Santos and other yeah. short statured. Now it's people. not a leader
4: bike, but it's more than enough. That's an eight fifty. It's eight hundred. Eight hundred. Well, yeah. now they have a, a nine hundred.
2: And it's a good looking bike. In fact, yeah. I don't know if you know John, but I, I saw it over there. I did. I got one oh, to represent. I appreciate you. that. Thank you. You're welcome.
4: The other thing I think is the BMW GS eight hundred is lower. Um, some of, some of the lower displacement GSs are are. Or lower. Uh,
3: the GS 750 yeah. from like three years ago. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm
4: thinking. Or you could go crazy and go for a Himalayan. You know, it's a whole different ball game. But or oh, you'll be looking for power. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Um, or you can get a T7 and lower it.
2: You know, my advice is get that adventure bike, get it out of your system. We all have to do that, right? Sure. You want to try different bikes. Um, it's going to be a great commuter traveler around town, go ride in the hills. If you got hills in Minnesota, uh, you can do everything you want on it. Even if you never hit the dirt, um, and they look good. So do it. You can't go wrong with cruisers. You're limited. However, if all your friends are riding cruisers, it's best to, I feel, if then you're riding you, with friends, you, you, you want to... wheelie you really buy them. Yes, exactly. You want to ride the Triumph because you'll be standing <laughs> yes. out amongst the crowd. I think that's a great bike. John, can you get them for 10 grand?
4: You used to be able to. Not new. You can get a used one. Um, well, he
2: wants to get a new bike.
4: Oh, um, uh, you're out of luck for a
8: Triumph then.
2: So... Okay. Uh, that's not going to be...
8: Well... Bless, bikes, mean, yeah. bikes aren't cheap these days. Any, any not, not you sure. do, Yeah,
2: you're I talking mean, so,
4: four, 12, 14,
2: for dollars 14000 Okay, I'm going to, you know, I love to throw out a wild card. Emma, you, do. you can help me out on this one. Yeah. It'll be underpowered, but definitely within budget. What do you think about a Benelli TK502?
0: You know, I there's a lot about that bike I like. Um, it's a flawed motorbike, but you can fix the floors quite cheaply. Mm-hmm. And you can't go wrong with the price. I think I'd go for a CB five hundred
4: before that, though. The the X one.
2: Well, they want to buy a brand new bike. I'm just saying, a Benelli TK five hundred two is a loaded adventure bike that looks kind of cool. It's a long way, but from a it's like bike, though. six seven grand brand new. It is underpowered, but you have money left to buy a dirt (laughs) bike. No, I, I,
0: I stand by what I first said. I think, I think he should spend five grand on a stretch booster and then spend five grand on Uh, neon.
2: All right. (laughs) Stretch. I I hope we help. Yes. Uh, It's um, taboo here. All right. We got time for one more. Emma, what you got there?
0: Um, this is from August. Um, and August says, I am finally caught up to the most recent episode, which blows my mind. I've wow. listened to every single show. And wow. I'm kind of bummed I caught up. But now, I, I haven't done that. <laughs> now I can't binge listen anymore. I've still so you can got
8: do it all over again. That's exactly yes, right. <laughs> there you go.
0: Start from the beginning again. I've still got my 85 V max and I'm finishing rebuilding the carbs and install stainless steel braided brake and clutch lines. I have two questions. Okay. Um, do you have any tips for syncing the four carbs on my V max? Um, there's nothing particularly odd about um, VMAX carbs. I mean, they're they're downdraft. They all kind of sit in the middle of the V.
2: Yes, my advice is use a carb sinker.
0: Right. And the, that was the question. Which carb sinker to use? The irony is the most accurate carb sinkers were, are now illegal. They'll be the old Motion Pro vacuum stick yeah, with, the, the with the mercury. mercury. Yeah. But, of course, you can't buy them anymore, and there's this weird heavy liquid, and it's shit. Um you know, truthfully, any of the dial gauges are going to get you close enough for government work. I mean, Vmaxes have always had this sort of weird lumpy idle, anyway. So
2: I, I would say, in this case, go Motion Pro.
0: Yeah, Motion, pro, motion do a, pro. But do a motion. I don't like the Motion Pro liquid sticks. Okay. Um, just do Motion Pro um rotary dial gauges. Yeah. they're great, and,
2: and it comes in a four bank. It's perfect.
0: But um, Vmaxes have got this thing called V Boost. Ooh. And it's a peculiarity of V fours that the way the firing order is, if you put this motorised baffle in the intake and it's after the carburetor. So you've got the air filter, then the carburetors, then the intake, and that's where the V boost lives. If you've got this sort of butterfly that opens, you can have two carburetors feeding one cylinder. So it's almost like supercharging your bike.
2: Is that like my old XR three hundred and fifty? No, two carb.
0: No, it's oh, better than that. that thing was a nightmare. <laughs> it's better than that, but it only happens at high. So a lot of people, oh, it's got V boost. I can't sink the carbs. Yeah, you can because V boost only comes in at the upper revs, mm. and mm. you know it's just it's a simple butterfly valve. It's mm. easy. So there's there's nothing special. Just get a nice set of dial gauges and trial a lot. You
2: know what, V Max is one of the bikes I have yet to actually ever ride. It's, oh, on, the brilliant. it's on your list, isn't it's it? It's been on my list yeah. for yeah. 30 I have, years. I remember that from like 10 years ago. I have, V-Max.
0: I have never ridden a V-Max I didn't enjoy. Yeah, And I've ridden a I lot never, never of them. And the 85, that's the very, very first year. There's actually three flavors of V-Maxes. People think there are only two flavors of V-Maxes. There's three. There's the very early 85s, and they've got a very mm-hmm. spindly front wheel which proved not strong enough for the bike. And they're the ones to have because they're the prettiest of the lot. And then the sort of the real Gen 1 VMAX, which had the stronger front wheel, which lasted all the way up to the early, like, 2009 or something. Then First the,
2: one to find a VMAX in here wins. Then uh, the go. Gen 2s uh, came in.
0: There,
2: um, found it right behind you, silver. Third bike in. Yeah, you're right. Yes! You're
0: right. I win. That is a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's cool. Cool. you put it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's, there's two or three in here.
2: Everyone had a chance. Yeah,
0: that's the Gen 1, but with the strong from will oh, they're great bikes. Um and God, they accelerate like hell. So anyway, here we go. And this one is for Emma exclamation yes. point. Um, I'm graduating school this May with a degree in automotive repair, etc currently work for ford and have a lot of certifications done i've discovered through wrenching on my bikes that i'd so much rather work on bikes for a living no shit sherlock (laughs) um but i have a problem i live in massachusetts so the climate doesn't exactly support year-round riding would i still be able to find enough work as a flat rate tech during winter and do you think my knowledge and experience as an automotive technician will allow me to find a competitive wage, or will I have to start at the beginning of the ladder again?
2: Um, right. Uh, so there's I, a lot
0: going on with this. Answer. I think our
2: friend Phil has proven that at Cleveland Moto. We got to get the Cleveland yeah. Moto plug in, right? Yes. Um, yeah, you get a lot of a lot of the business in the spring, but he's. I think he's, he's got bikes coming in year round because a lot of people want to do yeah. the big projects during so, the winter.
0: Back home, because England doesn't have a great climate, you know, mm-hmm. if what? you if you work for a <laughs> decent dealership, they will have you building bikes out of a crate in the winter time. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a big enough showroom, that will keep you quite well occupied. Um, flat rate for usually building a bike out of crates, like an hour, hour and a half. And you do a couple of those a day and it'll tick over. Plus, there are big projects going on. Plus... If you work in a colder climate, you need to figure out how to work on snowmobiles. Oh yeah, which is great business and try. Yep. So there is plenty of business there. Um as for experience, again it depends on the dealership. You're not gonna lead you're not gonna get the lead technician's job. You could have worked at a car dealership for twenty years and they're not gonna give you the lead tech's, tech's job. Your experience as a car mechanic will help show that you have the mindset to work in a dealership, and that's kind of it. In terms of experience, you're going to have to start at the bottom there. Yeah. Um, and But you have an advantage over just Joe Schmoe who works in the door because you can say, hey, I've worked in a dealership environment for X amount of years. And yes, I know it was a Ford environment for don't make motorbikes, but I know how flat rate works and I know how a workshop environment works. You'd be surprised how many people leave the Motorcycle Mechanics Institute with not a fucking clue what a workshop environment or even flat rate right. means. Ah, interesting. You know, they mm. don't teach wow. them that, uh, how you've got to hustle to make money, but work safely. You know, you've got to learn that, and yeah. that's hands-on. And you can learn that mindset at a car dealership, because they're on flat rate too. So all dealerships, and motorcycle and car are all flat rate? A decent ones are. Wow. Okay. Yes, Bagel. Yeah,
8: and also um, the – I mean. In, He's saying that there's, you know, the riding season's short up there and there may not be a lot of work. But even north of Massachusetts is New Hampshire, and that's a huge motorcycling state. Oh, yes. So, yeah. you know, so there's there's plenty of opportunities to work on bikes. Yeah. I don't think there's any problem and with that. I must
2: remind you, I rode year-round in Boston.
8: Yeah? <laughs> yeah, but you
2: <laughs> know, you're kind of in that, though. Um. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so hopefully we helped you out. So get, get experience on the job. With, some, with someone else, plenty of opportunities. Uh, we have a couple of quick announcements. Oh no, his
0: name was oh, it's Gus, not Augusta. Okay, it's Gus yeah. from We've, Massachusetts. And P.S. I don't have a Boston accent <laughs> from Boston.
2: So we have a couple <laughs> quick announcements. Emma, do you want to make yours? Yes. This is kind of exciting. News. So
0: last week, I did kind of a hard sell on Cat and Emma's Alpine adventure. Mm-hmm. And it clearly worked, because it's now sold out. Sold out. So you could be a millionaire multi-times over. No amount of money will get you on Cat and Emma's Alpine Adventure. There are no more spaces available. But you can go to Pakistan one week. (laughs) With
2: with me or John. (laughs) We will take your sloppy seconds.
0: We will. Uh,
2: (laughs) Just don't tell my wife. (laughs) <laughs> I was making the hard sell today in the you parking lot. I, I was. Good. Um, so, the, congratulations on selling it out. That's no, gonna thank be a you. Tour. It's, it's
0: going to be a wonderful tour. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, it's going to be just an amazing adventure. I believe most everyone on the tour has very limited experience of. Um, going overseas which is great which is exactly what we want
2: and i have an announcement do you really i do mm. um yeah t-shirts are still for sale yeah <laughs> you can go to motorcycles and com. go to shop but here's what's interesting i put uh some of our older designs up for 10 bucks somebody bought me out today
3: oh wow well really
2: yeah I got no a bunch no of shirts I gotta go ship. So um that's cool. Yeah, I think I I think I gotta double check. I think Rad. those those are gone. If they're not on the site, they're not available. But the new shirts that many of the Misfits were sporting today out at the garage.
0: Yes. Looking good, including are, me right now.
2: Including bagel right now. Are available. Motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Uh, so
3: that must is that from that placard?
2: Yes, new colors. Nice. Yes. Um, yes, black nylon
0: and red beard. My favorite color scheme. <laughs> That's and paraphrasing
2: uh, uh, Richard Thompson. And don't forget wow. to that was a deep dig. Don't forget to look for us at <coughs> upcoming events. Including the one show, we got
0: the one coming up. Oh, yeah, it's important. gonna be a, a golden shower of piss poor <laughs> behavior from the misfits at the one show. Is that Richard Thompson? Too? No, I think so. <laughs> no, we're gonna. It's,
4: no, gonna, it's gonna, R R be Kelly, man. gonna be great. There's gonna be Dark Kelly.
0: <laughs> God Almighty! Oh God. There's gonna be plenty of misfits up there. There's gonna be plenty of misfit bikes up there. There's gonna be plenty of misfit artwork up there. It's gonna be brilliant. Come up and say hello.
2: Oi. Kisses no. Anger. You have to Oi. go up to John.
0: Oh, yeah. That's yes. Right. And
2: say, I'd like to meet little Miss Stumpy. <laughs> 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 and you'll get a sticker or something special. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um. Hey, and a big thanks once again to the guys at Super 73. I was First, I was told we'd get one of them. Then yeah, I was told we'd get really two. Cool. And then we, we got all, all three. Go three. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, that was really founders. cool. It, no,
0: it, yeah. was very well groomed, wasn't he? The fact that He's they went all fit, yeah, yeah. That They
2: yeah. went from five guys to two hundred p- employees. Yeah, I mean, right? there.
3: I have so many more questions.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's uh, let's talk yeah, about going down there. I think mm. we're ready to get out of here thanks everyone especially our patreon Yay, patreon subscribers who are brilliant yeah. and all that are awesome Aye. yeah i bought some more tools i replaced some missing things got a new impact uh driver Ooh, an electric nice. one and some sockets and yeah stuff like that. i got to use that today you haven't
0: lived unless you've seen liza's tool <laughs> <laughs> we've all seen stop. it once or twice
2: stop all right <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget, Patreon subscribers. If you see us out at an event, wear your t-shirt. We want to see you there.
0: Yeah. Isn't it, you got no, because you, yeah. you got to represent, right? Yeah. Yes.
2: Yes. yes. Okay. Thanks, everybody. This is Eliza. Happy John. <laughs> Emma darling.
8: Douglas. Mm, bagel.
2: And we are out of here. Cool.
8: cool, cool. cool, cool.